Talk brunch served hot. Talk brunch live. Rick Diary here with Dustin Frazier, Roxy Toxic, and Pre. To think, what was it? A few months ago, we were worried about chicken glazed donuts killing everybody. Now we got a virus. Ain't that a bitch? I think the donuts can still kill you, though. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if the cure was in the donuts? So. Yeah, it would be like when the turtles tried to hide the ooze cure in the donuts. Num nums, mmm, <laughs> num nums. That's a callback. So, welcome to one of the last standing actual live forms of media besides the actual freaking media news here in stream and podcast land. I, for one, am glad that WrestleMania weekend is over, but I'm still excited to be here talking to you guys. How is everyone doing tonight? It's been a relaxing day. I'm alive. That's good to hear. <laughs> Better than dead. Yeah. I could be coming to you from beyond the grave, like AJ Styles. The views would go up for that. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Beyond the Grave Roxy. <laughs> and if it was and if it was pre to pass, we'd make it pre on the grave. Get it? Pre on the yeah. grave. Yeah. Pre on the grave. You get your own gimmick in death. That was dark. Alright. Are we going to kill pre like that bitch? Like, come on, man. Yeah. So yeah, tonight we're gonna talk about some of the planned filmings that everyone has, not just WWAEW. TNA even what they're going to be doing some new signings a little bit of the aftermath of Wrestlemania with botches and things that happened there uh, that we didn't go into too much update on our dear friend Teddy Hart who outruns the donut cops <laughs> but not for long um, WWE cease and desisting everything new Middle East deals censored promos all kinds of stuff has happened it's like right back to just dirt Thanks for, the, thanks for the whole six layer. And yeah, shout out to all of you that have been listening all week and all of you in the chat room right now and everybody across the entire podcast universe, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Destin's favorite podcast addict, and more coming soon. So overall, guys, how do you feel? Having gone through, you did the, the gauntlet, I guess is what they call it, right? That's when you have content from WWE on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Jesus Christ. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. What's tomorrow? <laughs> no wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of yeah, right there with you. Can't wait to do something else. <sighs> All right, well, let's see what we're going to do. I'm trying to, I'm looking through the news. I'm trying to steer away from anything mania related for a little while one of the things that i was hearing about is apparently aew for a while since we last spoke they were filming from an undisclosed location and i guess they're keeping it secret i don't know if it's legalities or they just don't want crazy fans to try to get in there but they had to move out of jacksonville because of the the law what were you saying i said maybe a little bit of both yeah yeah and they had to move Mm -hmm. out of jacksonville because the laws are getting tighter as far as you know the work at home and everything like that uh it basically turned out that they were, uh, according to Melser, they've been taping from QT Marshall's gym in Georgia. 
because he runs a one four power factory in Norcross, Georgia. And it's the yeah, same no. building that they call the Nightmare Factory. Yeah, not too far away from where I live. Yeah, we talked about this a, a few. I just realized that we talked about this a few weeks ago, right? Like, yeah, the fact that like I'm not too far away from the Nightmare Factory. And that when they Norcross is maybe like the next county over, I think. Yeah, we were talking on what about direction this. you go. Like, mm-hmm. We were talking about this when they were thinking of making it the Nightmare Factory. Yeah. And ah, yeah, I, did, I completely forgot that that had already happened. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. But um. Hopefully, there's no other laws or anything that restricts them because right now everybody's scrambling to find places that can legally run this kind of stuff. You know, according to uh, according to insiders here, they have confirmed list of the people that made it to these tapings, so you'll have an idea who you can look forward to seeing in the upcoming weeks because they taped content from what I'm hearing at the very minimum until mid May, so they're good. I heard that Jericho sat at commentary and he did like seven hours of commentary for matches. Oh dear God. Like he just wow. stood there and they just wanted to make sure as much content as possible. But uh yeah, we're hearing that Kenny Omega, obviously we know he's there. Trent Trembretta, Chuck Taylor, Cody, Orange Cassidy, Cole Cabana, Kip Saban. By the way, congratulations. He uh, I saw the video he uh proposed to Penelope Ford. Uh Britt yeah. Baker, Hikaru Shida, Anna Jay, who we just saw uh what was she in the last dynamite? Yeah, I think she uh, made her dynamite debut. And then, yeah, the one we're gonna talk about tonight. Yeah. Oh, right. there he is. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's there. No social distancing <laughs> from him, huh? <laughs> Austin and Billy Gunn are there. This motherfucker never sleeps. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, he, he's like, it, we technically have three and a half panelists. <laughs> so, Austin and Billy Gunn, uh, John Moxley, uh, would, he'll be there. He's going to wrestle on, uh, the April 15th episode, apparently. Penelope Ford, Jimmy Havoc, Marco Stunt, Lance Archer. Uh, but Jake Roberts is going to be in the video packages. He's not going to be at ringside. The eight and nine of the Dark Order, who even if one of those guys caught it and died, you could have put another person under the thing and be, and, and say an eight and nine, you know? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't mean to, you shouldn't agree with that. You were supposed to say, no, you can't do that. You know, life is I, precious. I, I, you should just pull a Morgan <laughs> and, say, and say, all life is precious. Hey, hey, there's some people out there, believe me, I'd sacrifice them in a hurry. All right, though. There's some of y'all out there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they also had uh, QT Marshall. Obviously, he's there. It's his place, you know. All right, it'd be, it'd be fucking for him to not be there. Mm-hmm. You know? You gotta have him. Exalted one, Brody Lee's there. Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, Sean Spears. Uh, the SCU wasn't there. Death Triangle wasn't there. So that kind of sucks. Like, you know, we're not gonna see those yeah. guys for a while. Those are two great teams right there. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy were not there. Oh, God. So they just have Marco Stunt. Holy shit. He better make some friends quick. That and, uh, scares me. And that's gonna get into it, a little bit of stuff. That's why they, oh, that makes sense. That's to why, why they took advantage when we get into, to what happened in AEW. <laughs> I get it now. You see, that's cool. Like, you know, I get why I was thinking, man, this guy, they were, they were Spike Dudleying the shit. I was thinking, why didn't anybody, <laughs> why didn't anybody do anything? <laughs> we get it now. Christ. Yeah. And, uh, the Young Bucks, uh, weren't on this week's episode. Uh, so we'll have to see. We also know that they did like, uh, Nick's return match was on this episode of Being the Elite, the, the current one that just went past. They okay. were doing stuff like that. Yo, Saku. What's up, Marceline? What's well, really good? How's it going there? Sorry if I'm a little slower today than usual. I'm getting used to a new new setup here as well as uh, just going. It's like an old shoe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, you got it. That man broke out the vans and said, let's do this shit. And uh, WWE sort of tried to follow suit here, and they were going to film at a secret location. At least according to Meltzer, he was saying that they were looking into taping SmackDown between uh, the the beginning of the week and the end, and that there was this location they were going to keep secret, and it was in a shutdown state. And uh, but they have no intentions whatsoever. We're hearing at this point that they're they're like GameStop, except uh, with a little bit more dignity. Like they're, pretty much, <laughs> uh, you know, they're they're looking to not shut down no matter what. You know, like that's where they are. So uh, AEW, on the other hand, apparently their tapings got shut down. Uh, Meltzer said that they taped Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and they taped tons of stuff, and he was assuming they taped the TNT title tournament at least up to the finals, but he doesn't know if they taped the finals, and that maybe they did. Maybe for a backup, they probably should have, but that uh, it's supposed to be on May 23rd, and that there aren't there aren't going to be any AEW tapings for a while. Like, they're shut down, and uh, you know what's going to happen on May 23rd. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen on May 30, 23rd. Nobody knows um, if they're going to get the empty arena match or if they're going to get people to travel. No one's sure exactly what's going to happen. Uh, and he wants, he mentions what I said about Jericho doing a lot of announcing for a lot of stuff that was there. So, uh, yeah, no, and any, and they didn't allow anyone from California or New York to come to this as a result of those being the most infected areas. And uh, proud, that includes your, your boys, LAX Jr., proud and powerful and uh yeah so market like again marco stump being one of the only people from jurassic express there to get thrown around very disadvantage for him yeah. you know <laughs> he, better start make, he better start making some medium-sized friends because yeah <laughs> but they do have the proper permits i guess to do what they're doing at, at qt marshall's place so assuming things go good it should be okay yeah and uh According to WrestleVotes, they said WWE is going to air live episodes of SmackDown and Raw next week from the Performance Center. So the tape thing was only to get them through WrestleMania. Going forward, even with the empty arena, they're going to be live, which uh, that might not be the smartest move. They, they barely are able to pull this off tape. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate what they did with WrestleMania. But when they first started doing this, if you look back at the original empty rings, practically fell apart oh yeah it was painful i'm gonna hope and be optimistic that they learned something and that now when they go back to being live they know how to handle it but i feel the wrestlers are used to it i'm i'm pretty used to it i hate to say that because that's a dark thing to get used to but it just shows how easily the mind adapts where like i didn't even notice tonight this is the first time that i'm thinking about the fact that uh there was no fans there and that's something else it went from me being like this is so weird it sounds so weird it looks so weird i'll never get used to this I didn't think once about it today until just now, you know, and during mania, it was there, but it was kind of like in the back of my mind. I think it's more drastic for anyone that's been avoiding. Like I know Squires, he messages me writhing in pain whenever he even tunes in for a little bit. And I explained to him that I can understand where he's coming from because we were there. What was it? A month ago now. And uh, yeah, at least it feels like a fucking century ago, but we were there and having being someone who's gone through WWE, NXT, AEW, SmackDown and all these different uh, brands. You know what I mean? You kind of get used to it after seeing 10, 12, 15 different shows with no fans there. You know what I mean? And yeah, AEW does a better job because they're lighting and the way their cameras, they take those tight shots like they're supposed to, like Chael Sonnen said. The other brands, not so much. Looks a little bit sloppy at times. But you, I, overall, I don't notice it as much anymore. How about you guys? 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like with AEW, they they did the idea of they they pretty much made you focused only on the ring. Whereas WWE, we had to get used to the fact that they had the seats lit up, so it's like you see there's nobody out there. That first AEW, when all this was going around an empty arena, we sat there forgetting because in no way, shape, or form was they even letting you pay attention to the fact there was no people. But it's um it's definitely gotten better. Yeah, like you said, everybody's adjusted to it. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about them trying to go live again. Because then you can't cover up as much. Or at least in my opinion, you can't. Yeah. Mm. The, Plus AEW had the um, added luxury of having uh, some of the talent ringside as well. Which made it a bit less obvious. There was a bit more noise going on than dead silence and, like you said, lit up seats. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, like I said, this this is a... Uh... I get what they're trying to do and it's commendable, but at the same time, uh, it's, it's going to get more challenging for them to do, you know, I think as time goes oh, by, yeah. you know, it's, I think we're already seeing that in a lot of ways, you know, where it's like, yeah, this isn't really working for you guys, but no, I'm not out here, but how have you taken it? Like, are you more used to it, Roxy? What you say, or pre, are you guys more used to it? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think WrestleMania made it more. Um, ex- not acceptable. I can't think of the right word, but I was more, I was less aware of um, an audience there, only WrestleMania weekend with WWE. Whereas with uh, AEW, um, I wasn't aware straight away because they had, it was just non stop. There was like the commentary was flowing a bit more. I know it's like with WWE, their commentary uh, tends to lull. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know, I, I, I've got used to it, but the thing is, by the sounds of it, it doesn't look like we've got a lot of time to get used to it. If you haven't adjusted properly, if we're going to deteriorate into nothing from now on. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe there are, uh, maybe it's just something that the more they do it, like anything else, the better they're going to get at it. I'd like to think, you know? Yeah, we can only hope. <laughs> Yeah, but you pray to God it doesn't get worse. Cause tonight it felt like raw to me. Maybe I'm crazy, and yeah, that means it was shitty. Spoiler alert: it was shitty. <laughs> no, it was really <laughs> shitty. But it felt like the but regular it felt normal. Raw. It felt like the regular shitty raw. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're that we're that kid who's 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 gotten beat by the same deadbeat stepdad for the seventh day in a row. This is just the same whipping. Whether <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. <laughs> Oh, God, I can't believe you went there instead of me this time. Dear God. Yeah, I mean, it's the truth, though, you know. Like, what, what the fuck did you do to get past day three? My God, like, stay in the room and shut the fuck up. She's <laughs> making it worse. Yeah. Ring the damn bell or throw in the damn towel. Oh, my God. It, it was like that one guy when the fucking War Raiders first showed him at NXT. Stop the damn match. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I hope that guy's out there somewhere okay. Like, I need him back in my life. Like, huh? But I mean, today, like I said, today I didn't really feel like there was any difference. Yeah, it felt fine today. Like it just felt like business as usual. What they have to stop doing if they want us to take it seriously is they have to cut down on the amount of things. They didn't show like a full match from anywhere today, though, right? Nah, nah. They they didn't do what they've done the last couple of times. It was they, just it was highlights like they usually show highlights. They still padded mm. the show. They still padded the show with little, exactly like you said, with highlights. You know, but it wasn't uh, to the point where here in the middle of it, here's a 45 minute pay-per-view match. Yeah. 
And I think that's one of the things that's really making people like for us, we know we go and do something else and we'll come back. A lot of people, that's a wrap for them. It's like, oh, you know, I'm going to change the channel and then I'm not going to remember to change back later, you know, and it's exactly. not, it's, it's deliberate for some people. But at the same time, it's not deliberate for everybody. Like there's a lot of people who you just literally you'll be like, oh, crap, it's already 11 o'clock. I wonder how it went off the air because I wasn't going to sit there and watch <laughs> something that I could watch on the WWE Network. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, so apparently they're going to be running the shows no matter what. They're going to stick to that. Vince McMahon's basically we're hearing that he he's going with the idea that there's more places that have this according to uh, Zero Live Sports. Uh, yeah, so we're hearing this report here. Actually, I'm no, sorry. This is Dave Melser. Zero Live Sports is one of the people where uh, McMahon's trying to get his product. But he's going with the idea that there's more places, according to Melser, that uh, have more eyeballs on this week because of that's why they're putting the Royal Rumble on Fox Sports 1. They're putting the WrestleManias on ESPN. You know, they're airing things in Canada because there's no other sports or anything else going on. And then they have WrestleMania and it was the highest rated program on ESPN when they when they put their thing on there for the entire week. So they're just trying to flood the market so that they could get more people into WWE. That's basically Melissa's take on it, which we talked a little bit. And even Roxy said that on the uh, I think on the post show, one of the post shows, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So we get that It's, it's a money and it's a strategic move. On the other hand, Triple H's take on it, uh, because he spoke to Ariel Hawani on the MMA show. And he just basically said that he feels like it's an obligation for them. Uh, the fans have been there for them in years and years and they want to be there for them. And it's where everybody is just doing their best to get through this and kind of stuck, um, home and the world needs entertainment right now and that they feel sort of an obligation to give them the entertainment. They really didn't cry this time, did he? Yeah. So also, uh, Thanks to this, the money in the bank that was set for May 9th in Baltimore doesn't look like it's happening. At the very least, it's up in the air. Uh, they've been announcing the money in the bank pay-per-view, but they've been also announcing no longer with a location. Like they haven't said where it is. They haven't been saying Baltimore or anything. This might be something that gets uh, carried back to the performance center. Awesome. That's what, that's what it could be. I mean, it's, we don't know what's going to happen around that time, so... Yeah, it's, it's affecting a lot of things. There was a uh, speculation that uh, WWE might be upset with Roman Reigns at the fact that he pulled out of WrestleMania. And, uh, you know, there's been speculation specifically Vince might have issues with him. There's been no proof of any of this. I would take it with a grain of salt, but we're just hearing that they're not mentioning him. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that it's very telling, the fact that they didn't even bother to try to do anything. And I was thinking about that, too, how you, you look at people like uh moxley who when they he was trying to leave they were giving him a parade every monday his own little parade there was always a big cake there for him to cut confetti would fly where everyone would come out and give him a hug it's like he had like more send-offs than i've ever seen anyone have you know when you really think about it they had the memories or they're bringing out old photo albums showing him old pictures to try to get him choked up and stuff they were taking selfies together you know go back and look look at how much they were buttering up good old moxley to get him to stay they were kissing his ass they didn't realize they were buttering up the slide right out that door and even when he was (laughs) off tv they would just talk about him it was like hey you know let's not forget about our buddy ambrose out there and how great he is and how much we love him like go back it was incredible they had how many times did the shield have a goodbye like 15 i got tired of seeing the fist bump 
It was like, yeah, come on, man. One more time. And after all, I felt like him. I was like, all right. <laughs> you know, like, we'll do the stupid fist bump. So, and then you take that and put it into contrast with Roman, fellow member of the Shield, guy they have a lot of stock invested into, top guy, someone who, even if we don't see it that way, they definitely have it in their head that this is one of their top dudes missing from WrestleMania. And no one even mentions his name or wishes him well. Or fucking addresses it. I told you guys about this before. How the Braun buildup wasn't there. We talked about this on the post show. Go listen if you haven't. And then on the other hand of this, there was no mention of Roman Reigns. If that was anybody else, like if this was any other top guy that that was going through anything, no matter what the thing was they were going through, whether this was The Rock or Triple H or Austin or Shawn Michaels, if you go back to the old school guys, if something like this happened and a guy of that caliber wasn't there for a world title match someone would say something and i think it's kind of disrespectful to him and and the fans that they're apparently doing this for to not even so much as mention the man yeah don't just roll in and a week later be like yeah roman's out bronze roman versus gold like, wait a minute what why the fuck is roman out like yeah so you gotta to me, treat you have to treat it like you assume we don't know so that there to was, me is telling go ahead roxy literally there was literally like no coverage at all it was kind of like if you'd watch um, if you'd watch SmackDown on the Friday, and then turned up at WrestleMania and had no social media influence at all, no interaction with Reigns. You'd have just turned up yesterday and be like, "The fuck was Reigns?" Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and that's that's something that it might be. I mean, again, it's just speculation, but there there could be some truth to those rumors when you're hearing things like they're they're not happy with Roman, and then uh, look at this: Roman's not even mentioned, even though Ambrose, who was saying I'm leaving, remember when we heard we heard him on the podcast? It's not like it was up in the air. He told them I'm going goodbye. I'm doing my time and I'm leaving. Farewell, you guys. Literally, he walked in and said that. Remember how he said it? He said that the guy tried to stop him where he was like, you know, he said, I'm gone. Like right when, when I could cut him off. And that was no, it. No, 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 I'm gone. <laughs> so uh, knowing that and that they still try to butter him up, it just sounds like the Roman thing. Maybe there is a little bit of tension there. I don't know how yeah, you guys feel. That they re- tension that they realistically have no actual reason to have. Like. Okay, he decided to put his health before carrying fucking Goldberg to a match. Okay, like just like you guys were able to throw Braun in there to drop him a hat so clearly it's not that serious. Yeah, maybe it's something that we don't know. Maybe it's the uh, the timetable that Roman gave. What if it was that Roman literally backed out at the last minute? We don't know. I'm just speculating. But what if it's that he they asked everybody who's in and who's out, and they made plans and shit, and then afterwards he was like, you know what? Yeah, I don't want to do it. Or we, or we don't know. He he gave more an information uh, body to us than they did. Yeah. And, and that and that's something that I thought that was crazy. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. And what annoys me even more is, let's say those rumors are true, then you also hear the people online, like, I don't know, I think I heard somewhere that, like, production for Hobbs and Shaw might be starting up. And then you see those people where it's just like, oh, well, I mean, hey, Hobbs and Shaw would start running up, so why would it be a mania? And it's just like, no, no, dummy, no. <laughs> like, just <sighs> people annoy me sometimes just because of shit like this. Like, if the man is backing out of WrestleMania because of a, of a previous battle with leukemia, 
the man can back out of WrestleMania. Like, no, no, nothing is worth risking your health. The man is a husband with children. Even, All right. Okay. They come long before any of us. Even if, yeah, uh, exactly. Even if it's at the expense, though, of a. Uh, Let's just say, and again, I don't know this, so don't take this for for true. But I'm just asking you guys: Do you think that that should be the same, even if it's at the expense of maybe he backed out at the last minute after he already confirmed with them that he was going to be part of it? Like his indecision could be what the if there is any heat. Again, all speculation. I mean, with everything going on, the world's too unpredictable right now. You gotta always have a plan B ready. Yeah. Like if if something changes up at the last minute, especially with everything going on, things just change. Like uh-huh. if Roman said if they checked sometime ahead of time and Roman said, Hey, I'm in, and then it changes, it's just because hey, he when he said he was in, he didn't expect for any change to be there. Mm. Yeah. That that's a good uh, Do you think argument. it's mm-hmm. do you think it's because McMahon just doesn't believe in being sick? Possibly. <laughs> And I mean, some crazy shit. And and Destin you can't be a, sick. You work for the WWE. Mm-hmm. And Destin makes a good point there too. Things change, and it's not. It couldn't have just been him. It could have been the circumstances. In other words, in layman's terms, he could have said, "Hey guys, when I first said I was going to be part of it, it's before there was all this death and shit around me. Now there's a lot more than I actually remember thinking that there was going to be, and actually mm-hmm. way more than the president or the governor or everyone said that there was actually going to be." And then on uh, top of that, the whole thing <laughs> with Miz getting sick. Well, he, yeah. <laughs> he didn't say yes, expecting him to get sick. People don't and, seem to understand the severity of it, though. You know? Yeah. I mean, at the moment, our Prime Minister is currently in intensive care. He is seriously not doing very well, and he has no underlying health conditions. But yet, Roman Reigns, who's battled cancer not once, but twice, can't pull out of WrestleMania uh, because his health is at risk. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you said, it is all speculation, but if it's not, then Vince McMahon needs to wake the fuck up and stop being a twat. I agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. Not a twat, a twat. <laughs> you get that not accent a twat, too. a twat. <laughs> you gotta put that emphasis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta hit him with the A. <laughs> Again, assuming that it's even a uh, you know, assuming that it's even a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would like to think it's not, but hey. Yeah, like you, you know. They're, they're, so do you think they're gonna do you think they're gonna address it after the fact on SmackDown? Uh I mean at some point if they're gonna have the guy back there, they might want to address something, no? Yeah. I mean, shoot, you could use that to build up him and Braun, have Braun call him out, like the easy as that. Yeah. I, like I said, I don't know. Everything's very strange right now. So, See, here's the weird thing I don't understand. Their whole management of everything going on has been very... Like, they haven't talked about it. They haven't mentioned coronavirus. They haven't, like, said the word. And then if you watch um, the Chronicles with Drew, they're actively talking about it. So it's really strange because... It's not like a blanket, we're not talking about it, because it's on the network and they're talking about how the situation is impacting Drew and the way that he feels about things and him go to WrestleMania. So I don't know why they couldn't have just done that on the main TV show. Um, I'm just 
wondering maybe it's because it's a live show and maybe people tune in to get away from it perhaps yeah that I think could that's, be why they're not mentioning it that that i think has a lot to do with it actually i think you guys are absolutely yeah. right and chronicles have always been known to go a lot further deep than all the than all the other stuff so it's like if i remember clearly they even showed the moment that uh, drew found out that it was gonna there was gonna be no crowd and it was gonna be a performance center you would that's something usually you wouldn't hear those guys mention on tv yeah yeah they, they want to play it close to the chest is the way that it's looking as far as that stuff goes it's like the nyla rose thing for a while it's a, it's a serious issue whether we agree with it or not it's a you know her her uh whole sexuality thing is always like the elephant in the room some people feel and it's because they just don't want it to be something people think about during the show mm-hmm same with sonia deville and the fact that she's gay you know she's gay but they don't mention it same with darren Young never mentioned it you know yeah. they just don't mm-hmm. like to talk about sensitive subjects on it but i tell you something for nothing if vince mcmahon or triple h or stephanie ended up having the vibe they mention it on commentary not extensively but they would say um we're aware uh, as you're probably aware coo blah 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 isn't well we'd like to uh, on behalf of the wwe universe we'd like to send them our best that'll be the only way that they probably mention it now i don't know a lot about vince mcmahon but i can say this if there was ever a time i don't know his history of violence or anything but if there was ever a time that i had to bet on him shooting somebody in the fucking head it would be whoever on his show admits that he was sick with the fucking COVID-19. Mention oh my it. God. They would never, Vince McMahon would never mention if he had an illness, let alone it be on the fucking, on Raw and Smack. Are you kidding me? He killed a person. Oh, on camera. Them. I, could see, I could see him kill Michael Cole he? with his bare fucking hands if it, was, yeah. if it, wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't something that was, that I mean, was planned. Did. Yeah, go ahead. I was saying he didn't even sell his double quad tears. And yeah, that was no. live on TV. Vince, one thing I can say about Vince, Vince does not sell <laughs> yeah. being hurt. He could have it yeah. for all you know. And and you, you would you would never know. He could have it right now. And they wouldn't tell you. The wrestlers could have it and they you know they wouldn't tell you. You know? I mean they all got sick. They did you know, a lot of these things might not be precautions. They they may be damage control for you. Know? I'm not saying they are, but you would never know. I think that that's the last thing they would do. Stephanie too. I think the McMahons would never let you know if they were sick. They'd never let you know. Even in dire circumstances? Not unless they died in those dire circumstances. And then you'd find out from someone else, not them. Oh. Yeah, they would then, never. Then, so. then, whoever, then whoever's left would choke you. Are you spreading shit? I'm just I, thinking about what happened with King on air when he had that heart attack. They obviously kept us updated throughout the show because that happened live, didn't it? Yeah. They had to feel like they had to explain. They couldn't have just moved him quietly out and then just said nothing. I just, I'm just thinking about yeah. that. I mean, you're probably right, but I'm thinking there it could be a potential to mention it if it got as dire as one of them going into ICU and not doing well, you know what I'm saying? Maybe at that point, but even then I, I question it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was never mentioned. They, they could be in ICU right now and you wouldn't know. They'd have been like, no. Yeah, this talk got really morbid really right. quickly. <laughs> but all I'm saying is I, I I just feel like just something about that visual Of Vince power walking down The fucking ramp and just like Choking out Cole like Morgan did Richard in The Walking Dead like I don't know I feel like I'd laugh for a little bit But like 
Fuck a son of a bitch. Unbelievable. <laughs> he'd say it in that Vince voice. <laughs> it was like when he did it at WrestleMania X7. When he fucking, um, when, when he, Linda, when Linda was sitting in the chair and he goes, bitch. <laughs> and you didn't think he caught it on camera, so he did it a second time. I could just see that Vince choking out. <laughs> he would lose it, man. He definitely would. <laughs> I mean, thinking optimistically, I, I see it like this. Um, the prime minister, going back to what Roxy said, he did have a pre-existing health condition. He's fucking old, isn't he? No. Well, he's in his fifties. No, he's in his fifties. That's old. Well, no, mid fifties is not old. <laughs> That's like middle aged nowadays. The way some people live. I guess if you want to be optimistic, when the fuck did that become middle aged? <laughs> are you kidding me? Staying alive till that. But 80s. that's literally, if you look at the graph, that's the range of where people are dying. He's in like if there were if we put a chart on the screen, which I don't want to do. Not in the do, UK. In here general, seventy. No, that's not not old here. We don't see it as old anyway. Maybe you guys view it differently across the pond. I, no, here here they're basically saying seventy plus is like the no, danger bracket. No, no, no. I've mm-hmm. seen I've seen both our continent and yours, and uh. Definitely not fucking 70. I promise you. I bet you everything. I, neither. There's nowhere globally where that's like the average age. Uh, it's between 40. 40 is the bottom. And somewhere in no. 70 and 80. Go check. No, no, I promise no. you. Someone in the chat room look this up. I like literally. I promise you. 70. So, so here in the UK, they're basically saying you are considered high risk if you are over 70 or if you have a underlying or pre-existing health condition. So the prime minister at 55 is like, he's fine. And he's not the only, um, like the only person in our cabinet that got sick. There were actually two other guys and I think they've recovered already. So it's, it's just him. That okay. You guys are going to have to find me some documentation saying that 70 is the average age. And well, no, I think, I think in Italy, the average age of people dying is like 81. It's like early 80s. But they have the most deaths. So you tell me everybody there is in their 80s? No, but I mean, Spain and Italy have uh, the majority of deaths have been in like their care homes and stuff because it's spread. And obviously older people are, are more septile to everything. And they have a higher age population than we do. Yeah. Plus, they they their national health service has struggled trying to keep people alive so just then- because of so then if let's just say that was that correct, then why, let's just say that was correct, then why should Roman be scared? If you're if what you're saying is true, then maybe he's Roman got leukemia or he had leukemia. His immune system's compromised from the beginning. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's some serious plus, shit they've recovered from. I'd say that that's an underlying health Plus the thing we're all forgetting is no one has no no one has any idea what this does. So if you have already if you already have some form of health conditions, why would you put yourself at risk in the first place? You know, plus I'm assuming I'm completely making the assumption here that he's probably the, well, he's more than likely very much the breadwinner in his family. So, you know, what kind of support would his family get long-term if he was poorly or couldn't work? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, if you're assuming yeah. what you're saying is correct, though, that would be then everyone's freaking out, and it's no disrespect to old people, but every the whole world seemingly ending, and the average would be seventy. It was it is a bit extreme. I'm not saying that I'm gonna go to Morgan from walking there, Ron. I'm gonna say all life is precious, but if the average is seventy, then we are 
all a little bit reacting, maybe overreacting because uh, a lot of people don't live to see 70. You'll be surprised more often than not. People are dead way before 70 nowadays. Maybe not in the States, but it's quite normal here. What to get old and pruny? Yeah, I've seen seen a lot of old people from the UK. (laughs) Okay, so so I'm having a look (laughs) now. So this is correct off Sunday. Of the 4,494 patients that have died across England only, just five have been under 19. More than half, 2,354, were 80 or older. And 1,771 were aged 60 to 79. A total of 328 people died between 40 and 59. And 36 people died between 20 and 39. Hmm. Wow. Oh, thank God. Like a bunch of you saying as well, because I've just seen it myself. That's interesting. Oh, well. Unfortunately, he still falls into the bracket of, uh, like you guys said, because of the chemo and everything. But I think, yeah, everyone should, uh, we'll, we'll be okay then. Be careful, old people. But yeah, we should be fine then, based on that logic. I think we'll be yeah, better would, than starting the same. Like, you think so? I want to be optimistic? The, the only thing, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you guys want to be optimistic? Shit, it's about all you can do nowadays. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would say the only thing is, you know, if, if you don't know you have an underlying condition, so you know if you if you know there's something wrong, wrong like Roman obviously knows he's had health issues, he'll know to shield himself. But if you don't know that there's a problem with you for whatever reason, then that's where it gets complicated. Yeah, that's where it could get a little bit scary. Yeah. Well, like I, I mean, said, I don't think I think glad that, glad um, that he took he put his health first for sure, though. Yeah, I'll oh, put yeah. it to you this way. And I, I'm obviously not saying that this is what's going to happen, but we don't know anything about this disease right now, which could be another reason why they're on the hush-hush about it. But, like, if suddenly people who caught this got better and, like, six months from now a fucking xenomorph burst out of their chest or some shit, Roman would have been right. So if there is an issue there, they, they need to hold their fire just in case. Like, imagine, God forbid, this is something that comes back later. Like, you could just go into remission, but, like, cancer, it reemerges then he'd be so fucking right because that means that the only people in the population that would be able to survive because if it keeps coming back it'll eventually kill you so the only people that will be left in the population to survive which would be about 180 days minimum from now will be the people that never caught it that get vaccinated because then they're never going to be susceptible to it it's not going to be able to ever run its course through their body and there are there are things like that in this world as scary as it is man that's the reason why antibiotics was such a big giant jump uh in humanity because shit can eat away at you and fuck you up if you don't have the proper medication that being said um and i'm not trying to scare anyone but if you have a disease that you don't know shit about and you're learning about it as it's changing and stuff and then things like that happen you've already heard people say that you you get a few mild symptoms sniffles itchy throat then it goes away and then boom out of nowhere you're you're fucking floored uh, and then it goes away again if you survive so who's to say that it doesn't come back at that third and lethal time? So if they were to eventually throw shade at anyone who uh, didn't want to be part of any of this shit, and God forbid they relapse, they would look so bad on their part. They would look, they would look so insensitive because uh, even even the uh, the the health officials have said that that's the one thing that they don't know if there are going to be any after effects, side effects left behind by the people who were infected. Everyone's just assuming it's all right. I'm uh, I'm cured. It's like it's not the fucking flu. We don't even know. We have no idea. So he might be making yeah. a small call here. I have a friend of mine that had it, 
and um, I think he's recovered like it's been like two weeks now, and he still can't smell or taste anything. Yeah, and that's a that's a weird side effect, and the fact that they they recently announced that they are that that cats can transmit it. Yeah, you heard about that tiger? Is it New York? I think mm-hmm. it's New York in one of the New York zoos, right? Yeah. So this thing is just mutating like crazy. Yeah. So I'm not going to judge the guy for doing it. I, the only devil's advocate that I'll play here is if he had, which even now I can't thinking about it. You know, if he said I'll be on board, and then he saw stats rising up and said on second thought, "Fuck WrestleMania." And yeah. That's he I mean, so we even said right video. before, uh, right before you made the call, we talked about the fact that. The Miz got sick. Like he literally saw his friend get sick. Like <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> yeah, no more need for that. Like, there's really no way, no logical way to make Roman look like any kind of the bad guy here. Yeah, like he did the literally no matter what happens, he did the best move for him. And I mean, it was like I was just saying they that Braun thing came up like that. So clearly. It wasn't so bad to where it puts this, this through this wrench into WrestleMania. Yeah. The other alternative that Melissa mentioned was they might just be trying to hide his absence as much as possible, but this is that elephant in the room game that you don't play. You, you can't hide something like that. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously a little bit less significant in the fact that it wasn't a title match, but same thing with Dana, right? They just took her off the card and never had any explanation. As to why she wasn't there. Well, we know that she's been in quarantine. You know, that's sort of come out. They never said anything. But uh, yeah. Yeah, her and, and Mysterio as well. But, yeah. all, you know, there wasn't are, any explanation apart from that. No, all of them are feeling better, but they just quarantine. Aside from social media, their own Instagram posts and stuff sort of give you a general idea. But there was nothing publicly within the WWE universe stated. So. Yeah. And then when you come to, like, when you look at their status, it's a lot easier to hide Dana Brooke not being in the match and Roman Reigns not being there. Yeah. Now, in regards to the three companies and how much content they were able to film, like I said before, AEW has all their content filmed all the way up to the middle of May, but they still have their Double or Nothing show scheduled for May 23rd in Las Vegas. So hoping things get better by then being optimistic, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, we've heard we've heard a few other things though. You know, I don't I don't know if that's going to be very accurate. People aren't going to like the dates that we're hearing, but I haven't heard any dates anywhere near that for things to go back to normal. Yeah, um, WWE, according to Meltzer, he says they're fine until the eighth. Today's the seventh now since the past midnight. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, ah. I had to check the calendar after I said that. But yeah, according to ah. Meltzer, WWE's fine until the eighth. Does he mean of April? He can't mean of April, right? He's got to mean May. He, there's no way he could mean April. Because the AEW's fine until the 15th with a pay-per-view on the 23rd. They're fine until the fucking 8th, like of of now. Let's see what he says here. He says they're fine until the, no. he says they're fine until the 8th. So they've got Friday SmackDown, Monday's Raw, and Wednesday's NXT all done. Then after that, they've got to find a place for April 10th. Oh, shit. He does mean right now. Yeah, oh I guess they, they already burned through all this stuff. Damn. But um, NXT Whoa. takeovers on Wednesday, so... I don't see how they're fine until the eighth when takeovers on the ninth. Right, that's Wednesday. Oh, oh no, that is the eighth. That is the eighth. Yeah, because it's the seventh here. Yeah. Oh, well, that makes sense then. So basically, it looks like we don't have a SmackDown then, is what he's saying. Oh shit! They've oh, got to find a place for April tenth. Connecticut shut down, so they can't go there. Uh, you're not supposed to work unless you're essential service at this point. 
So there's not. Yeah, but them. Mm. Yeah, they they clearly think they are an essential service. They need to make people smile. Oh fuck. Yeah, so they're done. Smart move by Jericho sitting there for seven or eight hours. Maybe he's sort of writing on the wall and said, hey, we're going to do some stuff. Right, let's knock as much shit out as we can <laughs> until we are blue in the face. Let's get as much shit done as humanly possible until we're literally blue in the face, either from work or from the fucking infection. One or the other. We'll be blue somehow. <laughs> well, there was a report apparently saying that the Edge and the Randy Orton match that we watched last night was pre-recorded uh, two weeks ago. So if that is the case, then surely they should have some material pre-recorded in order to see us through for the time being, you'd think. Yeah. I don't know if it's true or not, but you can't say the WWE are really this unprepared. For a company like them, maybe Meltzer's is just talking shit, but it's possible, it's possible that they're going to run out of stuff by NXT TakeOver and we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Fuck. Oh, dear. Yeah. Ooh. Glad I watch AEW. Right. Well, no, we it's, got still, it's still bad either way. Uh, now we got Impact as well. Let's not forget about them, because what will you do without your weekly uh, fill of Impact? <laughs> right. I'd have to watch more Raw. <laughs> yeah. So we're hearing that they have three weeks of TV left before they'll have to start finding a way to do things. So even they're more prepared mm. than WWE if their shit ends tomorrow. I mean, I guess because they had to do WrestleMania, they don't want to burn people out. Remember, WrestleMania was a two-day event for us. It was a single-day event for them with a house show in the beginning and the end of it, which essentially how they got all the what they had in the first place. How much more could they have done? <laughs> you know, they had the longest WrestleMania of their lives because that was all in one day. I'm pretty sure that even the, the raw stuff we saw tonight was probably done right after WrestleMania during the same thing. So they did like, like almost... 10 hours more <laughs> just to squeeze in as much as they could. You know the term I mean? Raw after WrestleMania was never more real. Yeah, a little too real. Yeah, everyone everyone seems to have gotten prepared. But you know what it is? These other places are used to having to deal with taping. AEW, from a lot of them from being in the indies and in New Japan and everywhere else, you know, and in Ring of Honor. And TNA, I mean, hell, they're almost always taped. Yeah. This time that TNA, we TNA hasn't been live since their seven-week Monday Night Roar. There's times that TNA is so far back in time that the people get released from their company, go on to become world champions somewhere else, turn face and heel, lose it, and then go on to another company, and they're just debuting in the fucking tapings where they are. <laughs> and they might you know? come back before then. Yeah. They're, they're, their shit is so out of sync, they don't even care anymore. <laughs> TNA is consistently like how New Japan used to be on Access. You know, we're hearing that you wouldn't see shit till a year after it happened. We're having the, we're hearing that they have three weeks of content. That's not prep. That's just business as usual. <laughs> That's a slow day. They're probably three weeks behind this whole fucking time. When's the last time they were up to date? <laughs> Somebody was slacking if they only got three weeks. Yeah, exactly. It's a good time. This time, this time when there was no type of virus around, that they were like six to twelve weeks behind in content. We used to hear about world title changes that didn't happen for another four months in Impact. You kidding me? That is great. At least they were like Lucha Underground, where they will hold you to the kayfabe of it. Holy fuck. You have, Poor to, live, Ricochet, you have to live in social media like your fucking back in time character. Rest in peace. I know you like them, Destin. I mean, there's good shit that came out of there. I just think that they needed yeah, to. I mean, they, they just, to they, the, that, that was the one gripe I had with them because that's why it took Ricochet so long to show up because he was Prince Puma 
and they had to write his character off, and he could not appear on TV anywhere until that episode. They, they were acting like a teenager, like, you know, when teenagers get their first credit card, they were acting like a teenager with their first credit card, where you're like, you're, you're overspending, you know, you're overspending. Like, every every time we came on here, I would say, you know, that's really expensive. I'm, how are they going to keep doing all of this? It's, it's a little bit too much money being used. It's like, I don't think this is going to last much longer. And then they just kind of quietly, they never officially announced it. They just don't exist anymore, it, right? It was partially also because like they pissed off so many of the talent. So it's like, yeah, hold there was nobody left. Like, you can't break your contract until yeah, we air I, our last. It, it, it was like I said in the, maybe the last three or four episodes, it was one of Sammy Guevara's first appearances. And it's like, after I saw him like twice and then that's it. Yeah, I was thinking, I don't, I, I didn't actually see any statement saying they'd stopped. I just remember, huh? I think the last thing I heard, they were looking for a new network, right? Something like that, because I know they ended on they, they they literally turned into the half life of wrestling companies. They ended on a cliffhanger and then just boom, permanent cliffhanger. They're fucking gone. Oh they're, yeah, they're gone. You, you can guess. tell that they're gone. There, yeah. I mean, look at like for one thing, we have Pentagon in AEW. Pentagon was part of that cliffhanger. For another they, thing, they, there's nowhere they could go. For another thing, we're talking about companies that tape way, way, way in advance which is how they came up in the first place. There's not even any tape stuff. Well, there's just those four seasons we got, and that's it. <laughs> Bad cliffhanger. Yeah. Damn, and we, we, we've heard talk of Half-Life 3, at least. So uh, Donald Trump, the president, President Trump, is scheduled to speak with all of the heads of all the sports organizations. This was as of three days ago, so we don't know what the results are yet. But it was going to be him the WNBA, the NFL, the NBA, PGA, MLB, NASCAR, ML, ML, Major League Soccer, and, uh, and UFC. Dana White was going to be on the call as well. So, uh, no NCAA for whatever reason. That was just something that was noted. Uh, so I don't know. He's buddies with Donald Trump. I don't know what the fuck he can say to the president that'll make it possible for there to still be wrestling. I mean, he'd have to try to do something for all these other sports too. Mm. Yeah. But that's going to be a big move because he's going to have to, you know, I guess they're going to come up with some sort of a plan. And, yeah, their pay-per-views are going to be in trouble from what we're hearing because, uh, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're looking at this going on for a while. Like, they're not going to, uh, I told you guys before we're going to talk about dates. Um, the NFL, apparently, according to Trump, he's saying that it would be like in September for the NFL. Oh. So. I mean, you can forget about money in the bank and SummerSlam if it's in September. Yeah. That means Gronk's going to be holding that title for a real long time. No, I'm kidding. Who? <laughs> don't even get me started. You I don't know who y'all talking about. You have to, I, I don't know about you, Roxy, but you have to, I have no idea who this guy is. No, neither do any of us. He's a Patriots player, isn't he? She took that shit literally. All right. All right. I, I mean, does he does he is he the towel boy? Like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what degenerate would name this child Gronk, but I mean, hey, cocaine's a hell of a drug, Tom I guess. So it's disrespectful. <laughs> no one you need to worry about, pre. Yeah, he ain't nothing. He makes Mojo look like the Rock if you put next to him. That's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> so to get. A- to get away from WWE for a little bit, do you want to talk about that TNA special that you saw? Anything good you want to throw out there? <laughs> yeah, TNA, um, after their scheduled impact, had basically, it was in a sense almost like a reunion show. They had uh, they had a lot of their old, the whole card was a lot of old favorites from well, TNA's past that came back. What was the name of the event? Um, 
I don't even remember what the name was, to tell you the truth. It was more of a, it was like, um, it wasn't No Place Like Home, because that was the pay-per-view that they were going to have, but it was similar to it. But it was yeah, basically like a TNA special event. Yeah, because it was the point we talked about a few months ago, where they were going to, the weekend of WrestleMania, we were more excited for that than for WrestleMania, because the, the yeah. irony of it is that the weekend of WrestleMania, for anyone that wasn't listening regular, they were planning uh, Impact Wrestling one night only, TNA. Because, you know, they're not yeah, TNA no. anymore. They're Impact Wrestling. It's two separate entities for what yeah. it's worth. Actually, yeah, I remember what they called it. Um, they basically called it TNA on Access because it wasn't Impact. They went back to, like, old, old TNA. Yeah, and, you know, it's going to be the old look, the old wrestlers from that era, which I don't know how yeah. they would do. Most of them are in WWE now. You know, what, oh, what no, they, 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 they believe it. They pulled it off. <laughs> oh, really? really? They, 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 didn't do, they didn't do – you didn't have the cornerstones, like the AJs and the Joes and everybody, but in their opening package, they did honor them. So they didn't pull the WWE and just wipe them out of history. They literally made you know, like, those guys you see there, we're still here because of them. Of so. course. Of course they're going to name them. Yeah. They don't have anybody actually there of that caliber now. I mean, they, they, they pulled them out. They pulled, they pulled some – they actually pulled out some names I didn't expect to show up. But. Oh, okay, let's go through this. I, I have to hear this fucking card. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah basically it was only about – it was actually since it was only an hour. It was about four matches. But – um. They kicked it off with a battle of former NWA tag team champions, Chase Stevens, one half of the former tag team, the Naturals, versus Hernandez. And um, this match actually went out ending with uh, Hernandez obviously going over with his border toss. Hernandez. It was that's a, that's an interesting name to bring back. I used to like LAX with him, Conan, and Homicide, and obviously even even the bootleg TNA version, Mexican America, with him, Anarchia, um, Rosita, who's Zelina Vega now, and and Dark Angel, who uh. They used to call her um, Sarita, I believe. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, it was cool to see them. I didn't really like freaking Stevens is huge now. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was like they brought up the fact that they're both former uh, NWA tag team champions. The fact that Chase Stevens was around almost in the asylum days. So he goes way, way, way back with them. But it was a really cool match. It didn't go very long, obviously, but it was a lot of fun. It was entertaining. It was good to see them back for long-term TNA fans. Now, this one was actually kind of cool. They um Another case of a former tag team champion, Johnny Swinger, who was a, a tag team champion with Simon Diamond, if you remember that name. I remember Simon um, Diamond from ECW. Yeah. That Simon like, Diamond? Were, were in, yeah, that Simon Diamond. What the fuck? <laughs> they were, yeah, they were tag team champions way back in the day, but uh, it was him and Kid Cash. Kid yeah, this Cash? Was cool. I remember him from ECW. Yes. Kid Cash oh was around God. in the early days. Kid Cash, a former X Division champion. Yeah, but, um, yeah, and uh, what was cool about this? Their opponents literally define reality. We had manic and suicide. They fucking define reality. The fact that they're still wrestling at their ages. But yeah, I saw a screenshot of manic and suicide. And what I yeah. find interesting, which I, which I'm sure you already know where I'm going with this, was that yep. manic was a character. G- giving you guys a little backstory, he was from well, the yeah, video suicide, games. He, well, yeah, he was suicide in the video games. He's a completely masked character, and he was in the games before he was actually real. And then they would get people that were actually part of the roster of TNA to play the suicide character. Um, I think I, Daniels was a character at yeah, one point. Kaz was on. Yeah, and TJP Daniels, was the last one. Yeah, Christopher. Dennis Kazarian, TJP, I think is the person I think of most being suicide. Yeah. And I remember they changed the name from suicide to manic when Hogan came in because Hogan had a thing about suicide and he didn't like the term, so he became manic. And, yeah, uh, and the whole thing they even changed manic's look after he after he joined uh, James Storm's Revolution. Right. So who were the manics that showed up uh, to this? So I don't know who was under the suicide costume, but it did look like TJP under the manic. 
I like TJP as Manic. I like the whole thing. I yeah. remember there was, they did a cool promo where he was backstage and he was telling Dixie Carter how, like, when he puts this mask on, he transforms completely from, you know, from who he is as TJP to Manic and everything. And, uh, with or without it, like, I think even going further back like that when he was in Ring of Honor, like, TJ Perkins was a, was, was very solid. Just got a, yeah. He just completely got shitted on over here because that's what they do. But yeah, yeah but interesting I mean, to see that they had Manic and so like the worlds collide, the post and pre Hogan version of the character. <laughs> because we have yeah. to change a different fucking character's name for Hogan. I remember I was so hot about that when we first heard about yeah. it. Yeah. Suicide was a great character, but it was kind of cool because they even acknowledged on the commentary. It was like, this is a team that realistically should not exist. I, like, I, I love how they kept with the canon of technically being the same person. My favorite portrayal was Christopher Daniels as Suicide, mainly because of the fact that Daniels was doing it before everyone else started doing it. He was running loops. Do you remember there was a point where he was Christopher Daniels, the fallen angel in Ring of Honor, at the same time he was TNA and he would be Manic or, or Suicide, rather. And then there yeah. was, he would be Curry Man as well. So he had three yeah. fucking oh, different yes. characters and he would and, and he would never break the kayfabe of it. And he was the only guy who they would allow to do that. And I guess with Ring of Honor, it was a um just a long trusted thing because when you think about it, he was one of the OGs of Ring of Honor. I believe he's the one who invented the Code of Honor. Yeah. Yeah, I think I believe so. Yeah. But yeah, this was um this was a really good match. It was a as usual what they did with basically every match, talked about the person's uh, contribution to TNA, how long they'd been there, their accomplishments. But uh this match wound up ending with a suicide man gained the victory via a swanton from suicide. And it was a really entertaining match. And they even um were plugging the um the no place like home event because apparently those two will be in an ultimate X match together. So who did they face the, the suicide manic team? It was uh, Johnny Swinger and Kid Cash. Right, right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, like I said, we got some good yeah. mid-carders and stuff there. You know, there's no... Yeah. Let's see what I mean. There's no... So, what were the other matches? Um. Well, actually, before the last match, we had probably the most anticipated thing of the whole night. We had Scott Steiner uncensored. Oh, <laughs> I believe this was the event that um he did when he um collapsed in the back. But, um, yeah, he basically came back, talked about how he's the reason TNA shows up and not total nonstop action, but tits and ass. Did, <laughs> did he explain why he collapsed in the back? Was it because he read the fucking card? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. That's fucked up. <laughs> so who the fuck does Scott but, Steiner face? He didn't face anybody. He just got a promo. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. This is a real classy reunion so far. It has everything I would expect out of a TNA reunion so far. <laughs> I mean, hey, AJ's not there. What they gonna do? You know? <laughs> but um, <laughs> I like that he um, mentioned at one point that he's not part of the snowflake PC culture. And on cue, Joey fucking Ryan shows up. And as as we expected, Scott Steiner beats his ass and then basically says, you and your snowflakes and I'll kiss my ass. Oh, Lord. Joey Ryan, now it feels like TNA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what was the main event of this? Uh, the main Fucking event Sean this Boy versus Black Machismo? Uh, nah. <laughs> they get Rick of Honor. You can't do that, silly. <laughs> yeah. <that's true. laughs> now we had um Rhino versus Madman Fulton in what's what was a um a house of, a Ravens House of Fun preview match. Rhino Ry- versus fucking who? Madman Fulton, fucking Sawyer Fulton. Sawyer Fulton, the guy who used to be in NXT? <laughs> Yes. That was part of the fucking nonsense team that they made, that, that shitty stable? Yeah. No. The one they just replaced with no world rivalry. Good God. That was the so, main event? You made it sound like, oh, this thing had some, they, they put it together. What the fuck? 
ticket. That was it. The top guy they had there on the main event was Sawyer fucking Fulton. When I think of TNA, I think of Sawyer Fulton. Hey, I got see. <laughs> oh dear. If they ever come to my time, neck of the woods, I'm gonna bring fucking tomatoes to my to my viewing. <laughs> you better make curry too. <laughs> Will there be a replay to this? God forbid, Kula. For what? You plan on fucking torturing someone? Is it gonna be like the waterboarding? <laughs> I'm so I'm I'm as mad at them as I've always been. So it does feel like a fucking TNA night here, you know. Oh, because think about I mean, it. it worth showed up, right? It, it couldn't be worse. When I think of TNA, not one person that I think of when I think of what made me love that brand when it was good is was there. First of all, number one, AJ Styles. You probably can't have a TNA reunion without your top. I was about to say it's not like they could have him. So I mean, well, then you can't have the reunion. You know, I think of him. I think of Christopher Daniels. Obviously, I think I even think of Nick and Matt when they were when they were Generation Me. You know, I think of the Motor City Machine Guns during that era. You know, I, I think of Samoa Joe, of course. Samoa Joe. I think of Eric Young and how fucking incredible Eric Young was. Like, he literally had everything. The performance that he was playing, the, the, the comedy, the, the in-ring work. When you think of TNA, those are the fucking people that you think of. You think of Kazarian, you know? Like, and his X Division runs and all the incredible things. You, you even think of fucking Consequences Creed before he became Xavier Woods. You know, like it's, it's ridiculous. Who the fuck was part of this? There was they had none of the things that made that brought them to the dance. And and that's the reason why the company went down. It's kind of funny because it's not their fault this time. But when they had I mean, all of those guys, all I'm saying it. is they could have done WWE's route and not even talked about anybody like they did. What the fuck? They, could. they have to. They have to make it somehow. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no excuse for having this when you know what it is. And this company suffered. And we're not going to go too much into it tonight, but they're suffering what they deserve. And it's sad to say that. But back when we were younger, and we were watching them and we were completely marking off of people like AJ. So we've never seen shit like that. But I remember see, thinking about him in the box. And just being like, I've never seen shit like this before. Like when I would see them in Ring of Honor and TNA, I was like, you can't see these kind of moves anywhere else. I remember it was my mentality. Like, I don't even care. And what were they doing when they had talent like that? When we, when we were saying that they were the future and we, we were saying that these are the guys that are going to carry us into the next fucking decade. They were focusing on Bischoff. They were focusing on Hogan and they were fo- focusing on Russo in storylines, taking up ring time, being in the ring, doing shit. How could you feel bad? You know what I mean? They don't deserve a reunion. You had AJ Styles before anyone realized how good he was, except people that were watching your product. You had the fucking Bucks. You had Samoa Joe. You had all these guys. You cast them to the side, even though they helped build your company. The moment you had people like Hogan and Bischoff and all these fucking people who we were basically trying to get rid of from everywhere else, and Russo of all people. And then everything went to hell after that. If you look at it, that's when they lost all of that. That's when those guys stopped being the focus. You stopped seeing all of those crazy kind of matches. And we wound up with the same shit we wind up with everywhere else. They allowed that to happen. And for a while there, it looked like people like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe weren't ever going to get to really shine. And it literally became the company that was like the Phantom Company, where we went, man, to think they have all this talent and uh, a lot of people are never going to get to see it. I remember we used to talk about that on here, how sad it was. That all those guys would end. Thanks to the miracle of that performance center in NXT, these guys have somewhere to go. And I remember we used to get people who'd come in here and troll about how much we hated wrestlers because to wish the demise of that company meant that we didn't want them to work. And I, what did I say? I said, if that company wasn't in the second place, something cooler would come along and you'd see a lot more of these guys and a lot more of them would get over. Now they want to do a reunion show because they're realizing that those are the guys that carried the torch. But when they had them, they didn't give a fuck. And I watched them. I watched them literally let poor AJ Styles waste away being one of their best talents. I watched them screw everybody over systematically. Jay Lethal was another guy they had there that was fantastic. Who haven't they fucked over? 
that went through there. So now they were left with fucking Sawyer Fulton in their main event. <laughs> to promote the fact that they were bringing back Raven's House of Fun match because Raven will be there. And Tommy Dreamer and yeah, a lot of the old guys who used to be there too. Oh. This wasn't the whole thing that's going to be. This whole event was to, was to promote No Place Like Home. But, but you then see coronavirus. Oh, let me finish. But then coronavirus showed up and fucked it all to hell. <laughs> this was supposed to be way more. The entire event they were promoting some of the matches that were going to happen at No Place Like Home, but these were only supposed to be little sneak previews of them. Right. Well, Raven has the only thing I'm saying is that Raven's House of Fun, his Clock House War and House of Fun match, Rhino and Madman Fulton are both going to be in it. Yeah. Now, for some reason, they announced all else was going to be it, but. Raven hasn't been good for Dreamer long. How many times are we going to watch? Yeah, Dreamer showed up too. Dreamer showed up on Tommy both Dreamer. Impact and the Axel. You know, like I said, how many times are we going to watch Raven versus Dreamer and have Raven, who hasn't been good in years, be in matches? I, I, again, you can sure we can have this uh, TNA reunion with Sawyer Fulton and Raven and Tommy Dreamer, but they would have played their cards right. They could have had the one with AJ Styles and. Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe and all these other but dudes. they don't. Oh, they, yeah. I mean, it's still, still looking better than fucking ROH's reunion, where it's just at this point, if the, Bris- the Briscoes, I don't give a shit. But you know what? At the end of the day, the difference being that Impact mistreated their talent and uh, lost their talent, and then now they're trying to do whatever they can to get people to just buy their shitty product. Ring of Honor, on the other hand, are the reason why WWE has the roster that they do right now, where they went and found these people when they were literally nobodies from Daniel, from Brian Danielson to CM Punk to fucking Kevin Steen. And they literally, when no one else was doing it, they were the ones who went to New Japan and started bringing over Nakamura and Naito and Los Angobernables. Remember that when no one else knew who the fuck any of those people were, they were like the ones who gave that exposure. And I've said on here before, Ring of Honor got kind of fucked over in this deal because all of the guys that you're seeing globally now, got that exposure from coming through ring of honor there was no new japan deal in this country until they started collaborating with ring of honor the girls of shimmer and shine and and even stardom girls weren't getting much exposure until ring of honor started bringing them in so it wasn't really like that talent was mistreated they're responsible for making some of the best people that were out there and remember they've always had good bookers too you know they had gabe zapowski who i believe he actually founded it before he moved on to evolve they had uh, they had uh, Jim Cornette for a while even though uh, he didn't see eye to eye with a few people back there they're working they have Hunter currently delirious as like one of their head bookers and he's like a solid guy so I mean they, they've always had a good eye for talent and it's always been a good product we can never say that people were mistreated in Ring of Honor everyone who's come out of there has come out of there with nothing but positive things to say and they were always given really respectful send-offs that sort of closed the chapter in their life. If you go back and look at Kevin Steen's last match, if you go back and look at Punk's last match, uh, Rollins, any of them, and you look at the send-off that they gave that person, they gave it like the kind of send-off that you would give like someone who's going to like another state for a big promotion. Every one of those guys, they were sent with their blessings, with nothing but positive feelings. And we can't say that about anyone with TNA. And that's the reason why they can't have a reunion. At least that's how I feel about it. You know, and yeah, we were excited. <laughs> yeah, and that's why we were so excited about Lee Squires and I. We were excited to see what what manner of shit they were going to try to put together and shamelessly put it during WrestleMania weekend, which is what they did. Yeah. And it was. Well, yeah, that's why I took the bully for the group. Yeah, no, I know you <laughs> that's did, what and, I I, and, I, and I appreciate it. But I was excited because I thought you, I thought there was going to be like a surprise at the end. I lost it when you said Sawyer Fulton, who I still don't fully see, remember what he looks like. The thing about it is, Sawyer Fulton was in the main event not because he's a star in TNA. It was literally circumstance. 
That's the only reason. Sawyer Fulton not being being in that match has nothing to do with him being a star because he's not. But Rhino, the former NWA world champion, that was the star of the main event. And, and you know what, cool? I didn't Did read win? that before. Yeah, Rhino must have won, right? Yeah, Rhino won. Yeah, cool. I didn't read that oh, before, but you're right. Yeah, you're right. America's Most Wanted uh, was a cool tag team, also that was part of that. I think of. Yeah, uh, but the only problem is now fucking James Storm's wrestling in front of a live studio audience, and Braden Walker got fat. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> but I also think of uh, Beer Money, Robert Roode, and uh, James Storm. That was one of my favorite tag teams over there. That might be. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people I would have liked to see there. But when I see the people, some of the old faces I remember that did show up, that's where the enjoyment that came from me. Because they, they, they realistically could have just been stuck with the roster they have now. Right. Well, who was the person who brought you the most excitement? It had to be because um, it was the cool backstory of him coming through the game and basically being a, game, a video game character brought to light the whole mannequin suicide thing. And also Chase Stevens, because I was a big Naturals fan when I first started watching TNA. Yeah. All right. I wish I would have. I'm, you know, I'm. I'm not going to say I wish I would have seen. I would have hated that. Fucking would have hated <laughs> that. that. Company. We should have. Um. If I would have known that this was going to go on this, I don't have the button right now set up, man. I would have given them the fuck TNA. <laughs> I mean, it could have been worse. They could have brought some old time from WCW. We can't go anymore or something. Mm, well, no, dude, this, is, this, this is the one time I got. A, I, oh, I hate to say it, but yeah, they'd be. They would have been lucky to have Goldberg in an event with Sawyer Fulton. <laughs> oh no. Rick, no. Don West Rick. would have been better for them to have the fucking Goldberg. <laughs> Nothing ever gets that bad. Kind of like, hey, what was it? this? Was a pretty good event. It was a good callback to TNA. Well, who was the main? Well, who, was the, who was the main event? Sylvester LaFord versus Dwayne Gill. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, if you're talking about Gilbert, maybe. Oh, man. <laughs> that that was a I'm that I had a lot of fun. I feel like I watched it, even though I was there when you mentioned. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. That's why I'm the damn co-host, people. Oh, I take bullets for this shit. I don't know where you found the time to take that bullet. I would have. I would have taken a bullet during this oh, shit. Sh- it was only like an hour. <laughs> I had time. An hour reunion. It was like a drive-by reunion, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was. I blinked and I was like, "Oh shit, it's already over." So, uh, was this during the event? I see something. I don't know if they just put this on social media, but apparently, uh, they put out a video here where they're claiming that they're the. Uh, that impact actually started the women's revolution. Did you see that video? Was that part of the pay-per-view? Or is it just something that they released? That just sounds like something that might have showed up on the impact. Like not the special, but yeah, let me have a look at this. What do we got here? Remembering the knockouts, blah, blah, blah. They dared to dream to show they weren't Barbies playing wrestling dress up. Or girls in lingerie who settled grudges with pillow fights. They wanted to prove to the world that they were a force to be reckoned with. Just as athletic and credible as their male counterparts. Real athletes who took real risks. And at Bound for Glory in 2007, that dream became reality when Hall of Famer Gail Kim became the first ever TNA Knockouts Champion. Gail Kim showing her strength at all. She sends her man two, three, shot. TNA Knockouts 
became the greatest female division in the history of professional wrestling. They were an eclectic blend of beauty and brawn. Some drop-dead gorgeous, others just drop-dead destructive. Some would break your heart, some would break your leg. No divas here, just women who dare to cross the line. Supernovas who will forever shine. Mm. Mm. Uh, what are you guys' opinions on and then basically the, the claims there? The video is literally named, you know, Impact started the women's revolution. Mm. So I think when it came to the time that the knockouts showed up, like they were letting them do a lot more. They were more than just the eye candy, which at the time, that's realistically, they were WWE was on the heart of the Divas division. Where fucking Kelly Kelly was running wild on the whole division. <laughs> but yet, that's where you were seeing the knockouts in tables matches. And you were seeing the knockouts in cage matches. I think one of my fondest memories of this day is when Mickey James jumped off the cage on the Victoria. And I believe Tara was her name at the time. Girl, damn, you blew her knee out on the landing. You were seeing a little, you were seeing a lot, you seeing them being taken a lot more seriously than on the other side at that time. I don't know if they could say they started the revolution, but I feel like the knockouts can at least have some kind of contribution to it. Roxy, what do you think? After watching the video package, I mean, it's obvious that they were doing something completely different, like Destin said, uh, to what uh, WWE were offering at the time. But I felt like the whole video package was just kind of like they were trying to convince us it was kind of like the I don't know whether any of you guys felt it, but I felt like they needed to convince us because they were trying to convince themselves at the same time that they started it. A bit of a weird video package to me anyway. And what about you, Bray? Has she lost consciousness? Yeah, I agree. I think I think I think they definitely did something, but it's the same thing, right? Where um they just they didn't have the brand value out there on the market to get out there and PR themselves the way the WWE did with their revolution and evolution. Right. So, uh, yeah, I've always said in regards to the knockouts, um, going, I didn't even know there was going to be a women's revolution, but I've always said on here, going back to the knockouts, that they were better than the divas. Um, pretty much since, I, I mean, since we started, I've always told you guys that, that the one thing that I'll never take away from TNA is that the girls were infinitely better their matches were like way better i've said openly on here for years yeah the knockouts they started the women's revolution in my opinion and wwe with their power stole it from them they, they gave women more of a chance than i've ever seen anywhere and uh a lot of the matches that i saw i would get excited for the matches like i've only started getting excited for women's matches outside of tna uh in the last four or five years maybe I look back at 2011 matches that I've seen, uh, like Madison Rain back when she had her big Killer Queen title run. Remember that? And oh, God, that nightmarish uh, title run. <laughs> you know, Velvet Sky and the beautiful people, Angelina Love. I remember seeing them and uh, a lot of their stuff was really good. Um, I mean, hell, they gave them their first world championship. When Gail Kim won that first championship match, that was at Bound for Glory. Their WrestleMania, they gave them the ultimate stage to say, all right, here's your you starting know. point. Now run with it. Yeah, Gail Kim and Tara and uh, Mickey James and Victoria, you know, had had their best matches. Tara had her best match with, with Mickey James, probably in TNA. They really let them cut loose. And uh, 
when you really look at the Mickey James that WWE has, that wishy-washy shit Mickey James that they that they have versus the one that we have, you know? Yeah, we had we had hardcore country in DNA. Yeah, that kind of stuff, you know, where where it's like, so I look back and I, I've always really dug the women's division here. And I think they, they put, you could tell they put a lot of effort into the things that they were doing. And then even in the later years where they had Mia Yim in the dollhouse, um, who else was in the dollhouse besides Mia Yim? It was Mia Yim, uh, Marty Bell, Taryn Terrell, and then near the very end, for some reason, Awesome Kong popped in. I don't know why, but I remember that. I remember. And then that. that's when it died. Like, it... wasn't that menagerie chick that used to fight against them? And then she rebel. Yeah, rebel, rebel joined. Rebel joined them too. It's like, wait a minute. She was feuding with them. She kind of pulled the Roderick Strong the way he did in NXT. But yeah, that like I said, there was a lot of good stuff too. Like they let them do the kind of bumps that WWE was still six, seven years away from letting people do. Yeah, man, those were the days. Like it's it, it it sucks that it took WWE so long to start taking them seriously afterwards. But yeah, realistically, they 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 kickstarted the whole trend of the women can be just as good as the men, if not at times better. Because there were times when the knockouts used to steal the whole show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the, that- the knockouts used to be sitting there looking at everybody else, like, can you top this? Yeah, exactly. It was always my favorite stuff. So. Yeah, those were the days. I mean, it was good. You, you put you couldn't have put it better. That's the one thing you'll never be able to not thank them for is the knockouts. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, with WWE the way they are, that's the only place that really acknowledged Gail Kim for how good she was. She's the only woman in their Hall of Fame for Christ's sakes. Who WWE? Whereas WWE? Not you mean TNA? Right. Yeah, yeah, TNA, yeah. yeah. TNA. That's the only place that really acknowledges how great Gail Kim was. Yeah, whereas they, she's in, she's in their Hall of Fame. Whereas WWE wants someone to mention her in a highlight reel. Yeah. Well, two sides to that. Number one, Gail Kim was very botchy in WWE. Like she was a botch princess. And um, but on the flip side of that, part of the reason was because they wanted her to be uh sort of like a high spot person where she's known as a submission specialist. So changing her yeah. style up so they could get those those high spots was throwing her up. And then you know how micromanaged they are. You know? Like you can't have you you can't get somebody to wrestle away they're not designed to wrestle. Yeah. So uh they also apparently have signed a long term deal with Kylie Ray, I guess going into this new generation of women, which she's definitely an enigma at this point, I gotta say, because Kylie Ray was gonna be part of a AEW long term. Then she said she was retiring from wrestling entirely. She fell off the grid. We were talking on here about how something happened between her and AEW that no one's disclosing because it was just abrupt after they brought her to the press conferences and everything. And uh, now here she is with a long-term TNA contract or impact, whatever the hell you call uh, this company, which I thought was really weird. They actually put up a video of that as well, which I'm going to check out here. Susie, Kylie. Hi. Hello. Hi. Jimmy Jacobs. Uh, Great job. You're (laughs) out there. How's it feel to be back in Impact Wrestling Ring? How does it feel? How does it feel? I'm going to tell you how it feels. It feels amazing. You know what? It's been one emotional year. We had highs, we had lows, we had ups, we had downs. But I knew from the moment that I stepped in this Impact Wrestling Ring, the arena, this is my home. I felt that! I felt that! That's why I'm very proud to announce 
Kylie Ray just signed a long-term wrestling contract with Impact Wrestling, baby! Great news. Okay. You ever, seen, you ever seen somebody who looks so happy they might explode? Yeah. I was waiting for the boom at that point. Like, well, he about to heat. That's a whole different way, but. <laughs> that is all. Yeah, I wonder what the hell happened. It's disappointing she didn't wind up in AEW. She's like a good version of Bailey. Yeah. Just promos don't <laughs> suck ass. But... Yeah, I'd like to see more of her, and I'm, and I'm definitely not going to if she's heading over there. I'll keep an eye out. I don't even know who's over there now. Like, who who do they have when they're not giving reunions with jobbers? Fuck if I know. <laughs> like, who's their top? Like, I know. The world champion is still Tessa Blanchard, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right, fine. Fuck it, right? Whatever. Could be worse. It could still be Sammy Callahan, who was apparently adopted like a watchdog as a gimmick now. The next pay-per-view's main oh event is Tessa Blanchard versus Val Venus, right? Not Come on now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It should be. Like, <laughs> you know, he's still. That was almost that funny, shit, right? I was say he's still in the doghouse, so he yeah. he ain't coming out in public. Yeah, he really is. That motherfucker was doing self isolation long before this shit was cool. Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about AEW. Like I said, I'm steering away from the freaking uh, the the WrestleMania stuff because I'm I'm sure you guys are all saturated and we got to give them a little love. I feel like it's been a while since we've discussed the actual card. Um, oh yeah, but AEW Dark. I'm not going to spend too much time in details with matches because AEW Dark was a lot of jobbers again. This was a uh, Math Cells. Is Matt Cells is his name? Matt Cells. Yeah, Matt Sammy Cells. Car. And uh, Sammy went over with uh what they're calling the Burning GTS. Yeah. That's a, yeah, because that's essentially what it is. He goes from, he goes from the burning hammer straight into a GTS, like fireman's carry, almost like a poison fireman's carry. I want to say, uh, torture yeah. rack style. It, I guess it, it looks well. similar to yeah. the feet. It looks similar to the feature eyes with his own little spin on it. Right, exactly. Uh, so that's what happened there. We had Sean Sean Dean versus Sean Spears, and uh, <laughs> one shot, two Sean's walk in, one walks out. <laughs> yeah, Spears goes over with. I believe it was a running Death Valley driver, right? The DVD. Yeah. Um, and then we had Preston Vance versus Darby Allen, which obviously Darby goes over with the coffin drop. You know, we didn't really know any of these guys. They were all locals. I yeah. guess they were just pushing locals, you know, yeah. with the travel Even things. Help, helping some of those guys out. Yeah. And also with the travel things that were going on, there wasn't much else they could do. You know? Yeah. We're on somewhere pissed right now, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. But that brings us to AEW Dynamite. Wednesday Night Wars continue. Uh, this week, we open with Kenny Omega versus Trent Beretta. Finished being the V-Trigger one-winged angel at the one-minute mark. Of the time limit. Yo, they beat the fuck out of each other. Pay-per-view quality match as always. I feel like at this point, it doesn't matter if you're an AEW Dark. It was a great match. Yeah. I feel like whether you're on Dark, Dynamite, whatever you're on, every match is treated like if it's the main event. It's incredible. the way. Yo, we got the big bout machine for free. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Trent hit Omega with a German off the fucking top rope that looked so rough the way he landed on his shoulder. Uh, this was an incredible match. It took a quarter of the show, literally the first half hour of Dynamite was this match, and it was very much worth it. They, they, what I like about this is it, it wasn't just we got to see, of course, obviously, best bout machine. We got to see that Trent can hang with the big boys by himself because mm-hmm. he gave Kenny a run in this one. Yeah. He really Midway did. through the match, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to be. I mean, for God's sake, Trent pinned both of the Lucha Brothers one on one. 
Yeah. So it's like they're it's like they're showing like yeah these guys are tag team competitors, but if they wander behind themselves by, by themselves, they're gonna be just fine. Yeah, exactly. Then we had Hikaru Shida against Anna J. Anna J is the new girl. We were just talking about her earlier. Finish being Shida going over what is that like a Falcon Arrow style move she hits? Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a, a Falcon Arrow Michinoku driver combination, I guess. Like Yeah, exactly. It looks like it, it looks like it could be either or. Mm-hmm. So after the match at ringside, Britt Baker's out there and she's eating a sandwich and she takes off one shoe. I guess she's kind of trying to threaten Sheeta over the barricade with the shoe. And uh, even Shivani's <laughs> like, you know, or someone on commentary says like, you know, why is she taking off a shoe to eat a sandwich? And uh, yeah, not very sanitary. She went back to eating the sandwich with two hands after uh, after touching the shoe. I mean, fuck it. I guess it's her toe cheese. So I'm telling. I mean, hey, I guess it's her toe cheese. So I guess no, they don't but give it's not in the toe. It's like she's touching the whole shoe. You know, the shoe's been oh, all God. over the place, been on the ground, and everything. She went back to eating that sandwich. I saw that shit. Don't you kiss Adam? <laughs> you know, I saw that shit. You know, that's not how you're supposed to do things right now, or ever, actually. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that shit went cold before this. What you mean? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing now? Come on. <laughs> you just gotta wash your hands twice now. You're nasty. <laughs> And your and your mouth, which you, I'm sure you're talented at. You're a dentist, after all. That could have gone so much darker than the <laughs> Nah, what do you think this is? <laughs> anyway, next we had Lance Archer. Hoyt, Hoyt, Hoyt against Marco Stunt. And this is where... Uh, Marco died. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it all makes more sense to me now because they don't have the Jurassic Express guys weren't there at the taping, which are both way bigger than poor little Spike Dudley Marco over there, which the finish oh to this God. was... uh. He he basically what was this? It was like a poison crucifix power bomb. He calls it the blackout. Which hey, hello. Yeah, it, it, you know, yeah. He calls um well in Japan. I don't know why they call it the blackout because in Japan it was called the um the I think it was the EBD. Everybody dies. Yeah, don't call it the blackout. That's a Seth Rollins move, motherfucker. That's the good name for what they're calling the stomp now. But then again, I guess they figured, yeah, oh, they're stupid so. to call it the blackout. I guess they're sitting there like, you know, if they're too stupid to call it the blackout, we will. Right. Yeah, but still, don't do it to yourself because in the indies, everybody knows that that's the move of like one of the most popular former world champions. You know, so it would be like if someone came out with the stunner and it was like a suplex, you know? Do you reckon they might have changed the name of the move in light of current circumstances? Damn, when you put it like that. <laughs> well, then come up with just, another name. Just a perception. Come up with another name. You know? Maybe. People can also black out things. Yeah, to the shit that's for, true. You know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, he was just throwing poor Marco around. Like Marco looked good out there, you know, when he did get his offense. And that's the one difference between him and Little Man like that we've seen in the past. Nice drop kicks, the tope that he did, that suicide tope. Um, at one point, Archer choke slams him. Um. And then he pulls him off of the ground and he hits him with, with that blackout. You know, it was like, like I said, it was a, after this is over, he throws, uh, Marco into the crowd, like into what crowd there is. Like the baby faces are like lined up one time. He kind of throws him into his buddies over there, which look brutally harsh, you know? I'll tell you right now, if you can't say nothing about freaking Marco's done, that kid will bump his ass off to make somebody look good. <laughs> I thought he was dead. <laughs> I was like, yep, that's it for them. Yeah. Next, we had Brody Lee, formerly Luke Harper in WWE, now revealed to be the exalted one, leader of the Dark Order. Everyone thought it was going to be Broken Matt Hardy, but no, Brody Lee is the leader of the Dark Order. Uh, he's having a board meeting. As you guys have seen in the past, uh, there was a parody of him having a steak the previous week. He was sitting down and eating steak and someone 
started to eat before him and he got angry and threw them out and then the other guy sneezed in his presence and he threw him out and there were jokes about Vince McMahon ribs. This whole Dark Order thing's been growing for a long time in AEW and it started to look like a sort of like in Fight Club, you know, with Project Mayhem or whatever, where it was just like the way they would recruit people and everything. It reminded me it had a very Fight Club feel to it and we never knew who this exalted one was. Now it's come through. They're doing these little sneezing things and stuff. And it was at this promo that they did this past week that I realized, and it became quite apparent, I think, to myself and everyone else, that Brody Lee's gimmick is that he's Vince McMahon and the Dark Order is the WWE office. It started. Yes, 100%. It started. It just seemed like, you know, a few jabs there. But when I saw the promo they did, it was like, okay, (laughs) you guys are making fun of the way WWE talks to people. Like, this is a deep rib on them. And that's why Melissa said that there are people there that saw that shit that weren't happy. You know? (laughs) Which, uh, yeah, we're going to look at this here. I actually have the clip to put on. Oh, it made me laugh. I would like to take a few moments of your time and welcome you in. My name is Mr. Brody Lee, and I am the exalted one of the Dark Order. And we, as a whole, understand that during these trying, unprecedented, anxious times, how you feel. I once was lost. I once was downtrodden, and I once was beaten down. But now I stand before you as the exalted one. So I want you to now stand next to me. Yes, thank you, Mr. Lee. Thank you, it's an honor. It's Mr. Mr. Brody. Yes, sir, exalted one. It's Mr. Brody. Tell the people what I told you to say. That's awesome. We are one. (laughs) It is we are one. Please sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I love that he says there's something going on at home. You want me to tell me about? Nothing in the world is open. There is no reason for you to yawn in my presence. Do you understand what tiredness shows to people? It shows weakness. Are you weak? Right now you look weak to me. I can't have that within these doors. Do you understand? Don't you ever yawn in my presence again. Go. That is awesome. <laughs> He's having so much fun with this. I'm so invested in that character. I mean, the Vince I never man. knew he could actually talk. That's, yeah, because yeah, because because Vince didn't Vince didn't think the deep South Southerner from Rochester, New York. And we played videos of him on here <laughs> yeah. back when he was doing uh he was doing shoot interviews, and we remember we used to talk about what a waste it was that this guy uh yeah. he sounds so good and they wouldn't let him do that. Yeah, he speaks he so wrong. good. Anyway, you showed you were in the wrong place first, man. Like that poor Rowan He's over there sitting away don't know what to do. You right? <laughs> when he looked at that one, he, when he looked at the guy who yawned, I was like, this motherfucker about to die tonight, like. 
that's that's one thing that I that I think that the Wednesday Night Wars and the New Era of Wrestling has that the Monday Night Wars didn't is that a lot of people got really shitted on where it, it never they never got to be the people that they should have been and it went under the radar. The internet wasn't the way it was now. There weren't podcasts. There weren't people conscious of the way wrestling works, and that was just it. It feels like whether you know like it or hate the wrestling you're watching. Whenever someone mistreats someone who's genuinely talented, they fucking pay for it now. And the person shows somewhere else that they were talented all along and it now reflects bad on the company. In the past, Nitro, both Nitro and Raw got away with a lot of, they, they were both guilty of a lot of people getting caught in the middle of that battle and being mistreated on both sides. You know, there are people on both sides that'll say we're treated wonderfully. But, uh, the biggest difference here is it manifests itself after a while. I'm glad because we've always known, like, we've always known guys like that were wasted. And it was like, how come they wasted these dudes? And they paid for it. And it sucks for us as the fans because when you look at it in the last decade, the two largest, most popular stables that were ever made by WWE were the Wyatts and the Shield. And they can never have that again. Yeah. Because they didn't know what to do with one of them, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. You know, unless the company was to go belly up, which would be worst case scenario. And even then, they'd probably go back to it's not like they were in AEW before this, you know. Moxie yeah, Moxie went to Japan. He first. was in Japan. <laughs> All of those guys were in Japan. Japan and Ring of Honor are really who lost during this. Like, like Moxley would sooner go to CZW than go back to WWE. And it's they played a dangerous game, and I think they realized they're too late. Like, when they realized uh, Moxley was really leaving, it was like, ah, oh, you know, you guys kind of destroyed something. And it happened right around, I forget what was going on in wrestling. There were, there were people, I believe Rollins was feuding with, uh, the Fiend at the time. And then Roman was feuding with someone else or something. They were like one booking decision away from being able to have like a new version of the Shield versus a new version of the Wyatts. And I was saying like, it would be so foolish if from the point that we're at now, none of this ever happens. And you know what? None of it did. And every person involved in the angle fell apart. You know, it's it's just tragic that they always it's like they're given all the pieces to just make something wonderful and they never do here. So I'm glad that this guy has now found something and it turned out a lot better than we thought. Yeah. And we get yeah. to see Brody Lee in a leadership role for once instead of just being the right hand man or the sidekick. Yeah. It we, I mean, he good. talked about on the Jericho podcast how he was IC champion for 27 days. I forgot it was that long. Yeah. The belt doesn't mean anything anymore. Now he gets to go somewhere where all the belts mean something. A belt that's not even here yet means more than most of the belts in WWE. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We don't even know what the thing looks like yet. I'm more excited. Yeah, me too. So a QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, what are they called again? The Nightmares? The Natural Nightmares. The, nat- the Natural Nightmares are facing two of the freaking exalted ones, goons. Yeah. Number eight and number nine. Number eight and number nine. The, the Why finish- the rest of them? They're somewhere hot. Fucking who knows? They're probably scared of young around Brody. Oh, one through seven got future. I thought and, I missed the trick. One through seven got future endeavored. Oh, they okay. they tried to get them. I back. thought I missed the trick. They tried to get them back. They even tried to give them a good send off, but it was too late. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. finish was the night. The the natural nightmare uh, went over what what I guess would be described as a double team flapjack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dustin looks very good out there, as always. It's amazing how fluid his movement is. Just his level of ring awareness looks so on point. It's strange to be impressed by Dustin Rhodes the way that I am every time I see him. That man is in his He's prime on a permanent basis. Yeah, mm. it's so fluid in the ring, you know, it's just so natural. Like, like at, th- at this point, he'll be out of his prime when he's dead. Until then, he's always in his prime. 
<laughs> he moves better than most guys younger than him. That is frightening. Yeah, just it's genuinely exciting to watch him when he gets in the yeah. ring, just to watch him work. Because you know? he, he never looks tired. That's why, like, now in hindsight, I hate it when, like, WWE would have him, like, run the ropes one time and then he's out of breath. Like, he never looks tired. He never looks like he's struggling. He looks like he's just going with the motions like everybody else. Yeah. And, a little bit and, and, and you don't ever see the other people having to make it easier on him. They just go. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, and, he's, and he's keeping up with everybody. Yeah. I feel a lot went on for such a short match. It was nonstop action from start to finish. Because mm-hmm. they're not selling to Fantastic. Not that they normally do, but they're not selling to any crowd. And uh, we learned once again that these numerical putties have to have consequences because uh, after the match, out came the exalted one, angry. What is this? There he is. It's the exalted one. Dustin Dustin's going to stand right in his way, but... Randy tried to pull you for a ride. Look at that. They're not going to back down here at all. And he's going to turn his attention to the ring here. I don't know if he's going to get the microphone to tell us something or what's going to go on. Oh, the exalted one. My God. Oh! And there he goes. With a wicked powerbomb. Staring down oh. the other. <laughs> I heard somebody in the crowd go, oh, oh no. Better run, boy. Boy, it's was he Mr. ever making Brody. a point. Powerbomb one. The other one just slinked into the corner. And the exalted one, <laughs> obviously. I would have rather taken the powerbomb. Who knows what he has in store for that guy. Right. We'll have more to come. <laughs> like Stay about with us you. on TNT yeah, Live. Like, just, just take the fucking powerbomb. I'd rather take the discus clothes on because at least I probably would have lost consciousness on impact. I used to hate this these guys. Now, now I kind of I'm enjoying it more now that it's officially a WWE thing. Like in the beginning, it was just and without him there, like when we know, it's like who the hell are these guys? Like I know you guys like uh, what's his name, Evil Uno, but it, it wasn't enough for me. Yeah, you know, like but see, needed... there's something right there. Now, listening a... to your fans. Yeah. Well, no, but if the fans it's had it their enough, way, they so thought like, they hey, going to be. If the fans had it their way, they were going to have it be Matt Hardy. Yeah. Which I said that he doesn't really fit that role. He has way too much charisma to come in there, and he's in charge of these goons. Where it's like the exalted nah. one being a Vince McMahon joke. That that sounds more like uh, the way that it should be. Uh, now the question is, who does he feud with? I mean, you could have something go on with the Natural Nightmares, possibly. I mean, he's beaten two of their guys, so mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see. I'm glad that there's it, there's an open field of where you could go with it, really. So. I think it'll eventually lead to a Moxley feud, but not just yet. Yeah, yeah, you gotta give that one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's not beating Moxley for the title. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So uh, now we get Jericho's hot tub segment, which uh, <laughs> I admit it was a little disappointing because I was hoping that midway through Miz and Zack Ryder would jump into the hot tub with him and it never happened. And I was just like, ah, <laughs> that, I thought that was going to be the swerve here, you know? Since we're doing hot tubs, but no. But who does show up is Vanguard One flies in from above. How intrusive is this shit, right? Like, if you're not, if, if <laughs> like, he, he fucking came in from above now and Jericho looks really offended, uh, but he breaks out, uh, a freaking inner circle t shirt because he's once again trying to recruit Vanguard One to join the inner circle. And Vanguard One takes the t shirt and snatches it away, but he doesn't say that he's part of the inner circle. So Jericho's sort of trying to grab the t shirt back, but Vanguard One pulls it away. And then Jericho screams, <laughs> Release the hounds. 
An actual, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> an actual fucking hound show up to try to catch an airborne rival. I can't even believe I'm talking about a, a, a drone this way, but an airborne rival. The dogs are somehow going to do something. And even a fucking poodle. There was like a bunch of hounds and a little poodle. They showed up <laughs> while Jericho's in the hot tub trying to get this fucking Vanguard oh. one out of the sky. And then he I just lost kind of, it when the poodle showed up. <laughs> and he just kind of scans everything and then flies off. And Jericho's really pissed. So that little bastard stole my shirt. He stole the Inner Circle shirt as well. <laughs> He never said he didn't join, though. Maybe we're going to Vanguard one heel turn. I mean, considering that reaction. <laughs> how pissed would people be if at Vanguard one turn? You know how hot that would get the crowd? That'd be the hottest you, you'd ever no. be able to get a crowd about a fucking flying object. Oh, they get so much He's heat. He's going to turn up this week in a Vanguard in a, in an inner circle shirt. Oh, my God. He's going to have an inner circle paint job. Like They should have him turn heel once their fans back in attendance. And that way, like, fans will try to throw shit at him, but then it'll turn out to just be, like, the holograph of him from, from, from somewhere else. <laughs> just really troll the shit out of people. Because, you know, if you have the real Vanguard one after the heel turn, someone's going to knock him out of the air. Oh, yeah. Somebody's taking a swipe. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely interesting stuff there. I like that there's more drama between Jericho and Vanguard one than there is him and actual Matt Hardy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's great, man. Like, who, who in their right mind would not like this, Jim? But you... <laughs> ah, and then I believe the main event is Cody with Darby Allen versus Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara. All of my favorite people, like in one thing together. How could we not like that? Sean Spears, especially, man. Like the more I'm seeing of him, the the better he is. I'd say one of the best turnarounds of anybody who's come to AEW. Yep. Like when, like when it comes to what he was there versus what he is now probably the best one they've had people were looking at me crazy too and i used to say back when nakamura was in nxt i was like another guy that they can push up there besides him that's kind of right behind him in momentum is is uh him back when he was fucking uh ty dillinger uh, yeah ty dillinger. you know i was like that's another dude that they could have pushed and they didn't fucking do it but i'm glad you know why because whatever like whatever he was going to be wouldn't have been this and i really like this i like the whole the whole vibe of it i like his attire I like the way he works as a heel now, way more than when he was working as a babyface. Um, I like Tully Blanchard being out there. Who the hell wouldn't want to have a horseman accompany you to the ring? Uh, his entrance saying. music, even as cool as the 10 shit was, the perfect 10, like this entrance music is way cooler. I think it's one of my favorite AEW songs besides the Jericho one. That yeah. song that he comes out to, you know, it's like the song mm-hmm. that you would give someone who's a badass. That's like top guy music, top guy attire and a top guy manager. Like I told you before, they're just kind of waiting before they like put him into some sort of a main event scene. And this uh, is this roster is like eighty five percent top guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's just who's gonna be in that spot and when. Exactly, and uh, so I think they're sort of, and I said it on here a few weeks ago. I think they're sort of planting the seeds for him to start getting that because uh, you know, you get a good match here, but Darby winds up taking uh sean spears chair because if you guys recall he hit cody with that nasty chair shot going back almost what four or five months ago where cody was bleeding all over the mat and uh, so this is at the beginning of the days yeah so this is a callback to that because sean spears goes for the chair and it's one of those oh is he going to do it again and then darby takes the chair to stop him from hitting cody but guevara's on the outside so um darby turns around and gets distracted and then spears rolls up darby and goes they basically the heels go over and then afterwards uh darby hits cody in frustration like he's just pissed at having a match next week but he just hits him and knocks cody down and the two of them have like this look like this angry look so uh, it kind of sucks because you know they're both baby faces yeah. and they, they we like them both so 
you know, this yeah. is once again the shitty formula where instead of going up against the bad guys, the good guys are angry at each other. Um, yeah, but then again, these two have history together, so it kind of makes sense, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then the, Darby's kind of the kind of person where he doesn't have much in the sense of alliances with anybody. So it's like he just realistically doesn't like anybody there. It's just he just he'll tolerate people for the most part, it seems. Yeah. And uh, as far as the match goes, a couple notable spots I liked when uh, Sammy Guevara, I believe it was Guevara who was draped over the barricade. And then, uh, no, actually, uh, it was Allen, I think. And then Guevara hit a missile drop kick onto his back while he was like from the top of the apron. I thought that was Sammy Guevara is nuts. (laughs) Darby's crazy super coffin drop. He climbs the guardrails up the pole practically into the sky and then coffin drops all the way down. Um, like again, I'm telling you, that coffin drops like the faith, like the like the trust fall from hell. Like yeah, that is wild. That is wild. <laughs> yeah, it know. was fearless, Once and I love like I've never seen variety when it comes to the way we, way he's done that move. Once again, pay per view quality here, main event, yeah. pay per view quality. You know, they could have headlined a pay per view with that match. Yeah, I like when uh, Cody hit Guevara with like a reverse suplex, but but uh, Spears comes off the top rope while Cody's grounded from just doing the suplex. Like he comes off the top and hits him in retaliation. Uh like I said, lots of good sequences oh, yeah. with all these guys. Everyone here I liked a lot. Uh you know, that that was a good way to go off the air. This show again, I've said it before, out of all of the shows that we watched, AEW is the only show that literally feels unaffected from there being no fans because they never focused on the fans and they never it was good that they were there, but they never required them. Their camera shots, unlike Kevin Dunn over there who loves to go into the truck and have shots of the fans they never focused on anything with shots of the fans or doing that kind of campy shit so the product didn't have to change at all and literally with AEW since the first episode that had no crowd it didn't matter at all and we can't say the same about the other guys so uh, yeah so then we have to switch over to NXT in the Wednesday Night Wars and Sam fucking uh, Roberts, man. Come on. Like, already. We just finished. And that's what I was thinking when I watched it. It was like, here we go. Wednesday's great. All this cool shit. <laughs> well, first thing I see on a fucking screen, man. First thing. After the, after the it's interview. It's bad enough. Mm-hmm. Y'all had a football player and a guest host at WrestleMania. Now you have a pretend wrestling fan on your commentary table? They say that the only reason oh, they keep him around. Yeah. They say the only Preach. reason they keep him around is because he works for free. I bet he fucking does. <laughs> No, he doesn't. You almost gotta pay no, me to I've look at this, him. Like, no, I've heard this from like the actual from the sheets and different people who have said it. Motherfuckers built like a like, Dollar yeah, General toy. Like to be to be on those panels for WWE, I guess they don't have to pay him. At least is what's being been going around. Remember, he was just some fucking podcaster, like anybody yeah, else. That's he was an unpopular podcaster. He was the podcaster like that. that never talked shit about anybody or critiqued anything. Thus, sort of uh, making it. You know, make making it exactly what they would want, like a guy who, which in a way he kind of defies that now, because I'm sure he goes places that they don't like, but just not as much, I guess I should say. Not that he wouldn't critique, but just less than most people would. And that's the reason why they, they sort of use him as like their outside source, you know? Like Ryan Satt, I believe. I don't get it though. Like Ryan Satt, I believe. It's so bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it has its moments though. Um, Ryan Satin was a dirt sheet guy, and, and Ryan <laughs> Satin, and he, uh, he's basically been part of, I think, what is it, WWE Backstage is run by Ryan Satin? I think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so they even have a dirt sheet guy in their corner. I think they did that because even though it's never been official, like, a lot of people say the Melser's in the elite's pockets, you know? So it's like, maybe they just said, all right, well, then what do we got left? We got Alvarez over here, we got <laughs> fucking, uh, got Satin, we're gonna go, yeah, we'll take him. That, that that's about as good as when they when they realized oh uh, 
They got AAA. What do we got? Fucking CMLS. That's like when you're on the playground with your friends and they're like, yo, 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 I got, I got Ryan Satin. All right. I got Melsa. And like, all this <laughs> Shit, <left>. we got Roberts. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. The only one left is Sam. I guess we're on the other team, Sam. <laughs> Sam Roberts is that kid. The teacher makes you pick him. He's that short kid who's already hitting his asthma pump and you haven't even started the fucking game yet. That was picked last. <laughs> It's like Roberts is just bad in every way. Like when he heals it up, it has no logic. Like he, like I, I swear to God, like I, I swear, I, I feel like I get an ulcer every time he's on a pre-show talking about why somebody's not going to win. Like, no, you sit there and try to look like a person. Like, mm-hmm. it's like shut the fuck up, you slideshow Bob-looking motherfucker. Don't you ever disrespect Bob like that? <laughs> Put some respect on Bob's name, damn it. It looks like sideshow Bob fuck Caratop. Yeah, <laughs> and somebody and, and somebody smoked during the pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> First. <laughs> that was great. First. I didn't expect Robbie to break like that. That was wonderful. That's harsh. <laughs> you know it's oh, true. Oh man! So first match of the of the night for NXT was Velveteen Dream against Bobby Fish, with the finish being Dream going over with the Dream Valley Driver, and then afterward Dream tells Adam Cole that if he puts his video games down long enough and takes a second to open his third eye, he'd realize that the time to play is over, and that his experience is coming. Shit. So, mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. You get an interview with uh Stokely Hathaway. They, what do they call him? Malcolm 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 Bivens. Malcolm Bivens. That's actually better. You know, normally I criticize them, but you know, I don't like when he was in yeah. RH. I didn't like Stokely Hathaway as a name as much. It's like, I, that kind of works a little bit better. So it's Stokely Hathaway felt too rich for me. Yeah, like Malcolm Bivens. Malcolm Bivens seems a little bit more down to earth. Yeah, so he calls mm-hmm. it Bivens Enterprises, which to me just looks like another AOP. Except they can probably wrestle. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I would hope so. so. The next superstars, these two superstars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. They're already superstars. <laughs> so then we get what was his name? Dexter Loomis versus Drake Atlas. Which yeah. I yeah. wasn't a hundred percent sure when I was looking at Dexter here, and I'm I'm thinking those gloves. You know that, who it was, and that fucking I was like it can't be, and that creepiness about him, mm-hmm. and it you was knew. like. This is fucking Samuel Shaw, isn't it? Yeah, he just has yeah. blonde hair now. Remember Samuel Shaw, the gimmick that he I first was, had? What? The sad part about it is, and I'm so upset at Mr. Anderson for this, the only thing I will ever remember fucking Samuel Shaw for is that time he came to his house, snuck in his bedroom, and all you hear is Sam Shaw come in, what are you doing in my bedroom? <laughs> Samuel Shaw. <laughs> and they had a fucking Peter Six brawl in his bedroom. First gimmick was he was the stalker in TNA of Christy Hemi. And they did the stalker angle so good. Like this guy, his walls and shit had creepy stuff on them. That's when we, like we were talking about when they went, who was it that went into his bedroom again? It was uh, Mr. Anderson. Yeah, right. And then he freaked out and like, you know, he still lived with his mom. The gloves and shit, the way he would be lurking <laughs> around her. And uh, it, it got creepier and creepier. They did it so well. How fucking frightening that guy was. Yeah, that yeah. motherfucker was Captain Diddle's level of creepy. Yeah, and I and, and again, I, 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 I did like the. Uh, who it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I did like the. Just the to me. Uh huh. No, it's the guy, the long sleeves in there, and the gloves from Impact. Yeah, the one that used to stalk. Yeah, I thought Christy so. Henry. Oh dear, dear. Sorry, did, carry on. <laughs> yeah, so I saw him, and I, I the, the blonde threw me off, and the mustache, but it was like, no way, this is the same, the same thing. I've even seen people say that they remind him. 
of Samuel Shaw. Like they don't realize he's changed enough. Yeah, he changed you know? so much. Yeah, like, you're if right. You at some if point, you remember what he looks like, you wouldn't know it was him. At some point, he took some of Christie's hair. That's right. It was getting really creepy, and he would he would like sniff oh. her. He would sniff the hair that he tore off of her and shit. Remember how crazy yeah. he was? Yo, he was Oof. like a step away from Buffalo Bill. Yeah, next level shit. I was waiting for the promo where fucking he was telling Christie to put the lotion on. Right. We're talking about Dexter Loomis and NXT. That was Samuel Shaw. He fought a guy named Drake Atlas, and he went over with. I guess that was triangle triangle submission. Of some sort. Uh, it's some kind of a yeah, I guess like a triangle choke or something like. That. Yeah, uh, he looks good, man. He looks as good as I always thought that he looked before. The gimmick was he's a creepy fantastic and shape. It seems like they're oh, yeah. sticking with with the way he was. He's even still wearing the fucking stalker gloves. Yeah, they they let him be pretty much who he was, just with a little bit of a spin and adjustment to it. Yeah. Next, we had the gauntlet match, women's gauntlet match, NXT. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart uh, against Diana Perrazzo is what started this. And uh, this was a uh, this was crazy. I have to say, when I look at this match, because I've given Blackheart a lot of shit over the the weeks of being here, and this girl for the first time put on a clinic. I'm gonna have to look and see who she was or if we've seen her before, because there's no way that someone green just pulled that out. That means that they were probably controlling more of her matches before this. Yeah, you don't that just girl go from, cut loose. Yeah, you don't go from that to what we saw there. It was like, wait a minute, where the hell are all these? <laughs> like, she no move. She had layers in her moves, you know? So it was kind of crazy watching <laughs> this. They they really did a lot with her, you know? She she took out Diana. She she was against Zyalee next, who she tapped with this. It was like a Northern Lights full Nelson submission, you know, almost like a Northern Lights butterfly. That You saw that shit she was I using? Know, I don't know what the fuck that thing. I'm that's so glad I, you were able to describe it because I yeah, couldn't figure out what it was. It was like a, so that's the best way I could put it, a Northern Lights, uh, yeah, full Nelson. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. When somebody came and described what your move is, because it looks like so many different things, you done done good. Yeah, and then after that, Aaliyah it's comes shy, out. Isn't she? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is mm. very special. And then we have Aaliyah, who uh, she was terrible. And then back in remember what was a breaking ground or was a nightmare, and she's improved oh, a lot. God. But nonetheless, she's still a job. But tapped to the same thing to that Northern Lights full, full Nelson. And then Caden Carter comes and she takes her out with the with the top rope senton, and uh, and then finally Dakota Kai comes out but she does go over her she goes over blackheart with uh with with a kick but it's basically thanks to her goon that other chick that's always out there distracting her yeah the the one the one with the shitty chokeslam thing yeah Yeah. but the highlight of this match was blackheart and how she basically hung in there and how innovative the match looked the entire time so much credit to her i mean and she didn't come out with that fucking mario kart thing anymore which also helps it's like when you look at it, there were six girls in this match total. Shashi on her own got rid of three of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that girl showed out. I want that Shashi every time she showed yeah, up. Yeah, she was crazy. Really? Like cool. when she took out Kyan Gonzalez with the suicide dive. Yes. And then she like sent Raquel into the steel steps. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, loved it. That that like, I was losing my shit for this match. I'm just like, I was like, fuck it, let's let Shashi win the thing. I don't give a shit at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, if that's there, cool. fuck it, let it go. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I will sacrifice Dakota Kai for that. <laughs> so um, then we had Kushida versus DJ Z. Zima Ion. Burr, 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 burr. We need to get the oh, draft. We have him now. Joaquin Wild. Joaquin Wild, right. Uh, also cool. Also very cool. I mean, what's, what's there not to like here? You got Kushida, you got DJ Z, two talents, two very good talents. Tashida, um taps him out with the armbar. And then uh, what the fuck? Afterwards, I guess DJ Z got 
kidnapped by yeah. the Dark Order? He got fucking he, he got white van too. Like he, <laughs> yeah, what is this? Is this gonna be the old? I don't know who the, this is. It's like if Raul Mendoza was first. Now it's DJ Z. Like it's the exalted one. You know, they, they better show up in AEW. Be that. Dynamite. Like shit, what the fuck? People get kidnapped here now. You get taken away in a car. Motherfuckers over here winding up in people's basements and shit. Like, wait a minute, but um, have we not seen Raul Mendoza since the car thing? We haven't. He hasn't been anywhere. So he got taken away in a car, and now this guy's gone. I hope they don't Midian and Viscera them, right? Oh God! <laughs> like they just come back strange, or some shit happened to them. Like don't that's you, weird. Don't, don't you put that in the ether, Ricky Bobby? Don't you do it? <laughs> I'm not trying to be racist or nothing, but at first when it was Mendoza, I thought that this was going to be like some fucking uh, drug cartel type shit that they were going to give him, you know? And it's kind of like, wait a minute, but now Joaquin Wiley's a white dude. What the hell's he doing in that drug oh, cartel? Guess it's not a drug cartel. <laughs> We are a multi. We are a multicultural dark cartel. Roxy said the mule. No, oh, he's the mule. <laughs> no, no, his booty. I've been through enough. No, it's too much. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> Morty, I need you to stick these straight up your butt, Morty. <laughs> Grandpa's done it too many times already. <laughs> How many things have you had in your butt? Too many. <laughs> 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 so if you don't watch Rick and Morty, fix your life. All right, like <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you're about five years too late because we watched that one. Yeah, we watched it. Watched oh. it on uh, the only one I watched. I get the reference. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, catching up. Yeah, we we got to get around to the rest of those for sure. Oh yeah. So they saved the best for last. Some of my favorite people. Holy jeebus! It was big man heaven. <laughs> NXT North oh, yeah. American triple threat match. Can't say enough good things about Keith Lee, so I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We'd be here all night. He's fantastic. Like this is just gets better and better. Um, Damon Priest and Donovan Dijak. Um, really cool. You know, I'm really glad that these guys all got their groove and they all seem to uh really have a lot of strong momentum. This match was a clinic, very physical, very taxing. Told a great story. Keith Lee obviously retaining here. They're not taking that title off of him. Oh no, he'll be North America. He might guys. probably be the longest reigning North American champion before it's all said and done. You know, his his personality, his charisma even manifests just when they're standing there. Like I like when they were standing there announcing them and like they're announcing him as the champion, like just the 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 smirk and he was giving like the other two guys. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> that like this was and but the funny thing about it is and it's rare that wrestlers that some wrestlers can do this. No matter how many times you get any combination of those three. It never even gets slightly old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could yeah. have the exact same match, move for move, three times. Nobody complained. And the proof of it is no. that they were doing it in Ring of Honor first. Literally, I believe they were all fighting each other as well, weren't they? Like, didn't these guys? I think so. Have a thing going on there back when when well, the I mean, was. Uh, I know. Di- I know. Di- Jack and Lee were fighting each other in Evolve. Yeah, like PWG right. all over the place. But I feel like Damian Priest, when he was Punishment Martinez, was fighting uh, Donovan Dijak or Dijak. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. The they they they, um, they had a few run-ins. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's something that comes together without much effort because it was already there, and I think it works really yeah. well. The one thing I give them credit for is that they definitely did better for Keith Lee uh, than he was getting in the Indies as far as really uh, helping him shine. You know, not that he wasn't already great, but now they've emphasized it enough. Where again, it's a guy who has top guy charisma. You know, he's a big fish in a little pond. So enjoy him while he's there because if there's any sensibility, you're not going to be seeing him there for much longer. Yeah. So, yeah, Brock. <laughs> yeah, well, Brock's gone. Thank God. 
So once again, <laughs> talking about the ratings here, AEW Dynamite has 685,000 viewers against NXT's 590,000. So they've lost literally, what, how many weeks ago? They, they lost all of 2020 so far, not one they time lost, as NXT. They, I think AEW's only lost like three times. No, they haven't lost once in 2020. Not yeah, not in 20. Oh, yeah, they've never lost in 2020, but I think they're like the war, even going back to 19. I don't remember NXT ever winning, did they? They, I mean, not. they haven't won at all in 2020. They won like two or three times back in late 2019 when this all started. Really? I didn't think they did. I don't remember. But they, that at all. but, but, but the, the, like they never beat, I don't think they ever beat AEW as bad as they've been beating them. Can you no, find I, me I where they won? Because I, I don't remember one time that they won. <sighs> We talked, I mean, we talked about it, like, on the early stages where, like, it kind of went I'll back and it. forth for a little while, but... If it's there, I'll find it in a minute. Yeah, it was, like, early, early on, but, yeah, it's it's been forever since AEW's lost to them. Unless I'm just Mandela affecting, but I don't fucking know. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I, I thought that AEW had always beaten them. I'll see now. The rap yeah. seems to have an article indicating that they, uh, that there was a point where they won. It was like it was like in the early early time when they were still getting used I mean, to you, AEW. You usually have the best memory with this kind of shit, so I'm not doubting. I'm just wondering when the fuck this would have been. I, I can't remember how long it's been. It's been a while though. That much I remember for sure. But there's been a couple. There's been maybe two, maybe three times where we've come out here and been like, "Yeah, NXT won." It was when Rhea Ripley defeated Shayna Baszler. That was the time that they won. They came in with uh. 344,000 versus AEW's 319,000 as far as adults go. 795,000 in total for NXT. 683,000 for AEW. So that was the time that they won. Yeah, see, how it hasn't been since then. So they did it four weeks before that. So those are the two times. Four weeks before that and the Rhea Ripley episode. Now, as far as 2020 goes, it hasn't happened ever. Oh, no. So, and it, this is the closest that they've come, though. When I'm looking at these numbers, this is definitely the closest that they've ever come because they've, they're they're actually below a hundred thousand viewer difference. Normally, AEW is beating NXT by a minimum of two hundred thousand viewers. Generally, about three hundred thousand, and this is like under that. You know, they're like what ninety thousand, somewhere around 000, that. Yeah. You know, something like that. Wow. You know, so that's the closest that it's come in a long, long time. If you really think about it, last week. AEW was 819,000 and NXT was up and they were at 669,000. So it's not so much that NXT has gained any momentum. As a matter of fact, NXT is lower than I've seen in a while because they, they were gaining on AEW when they had 669,000. Now with 590,000, it's just that AEW for some reason has dropped. Yeah. But, but NXT has also dropped. So yeah. It's these unprecedented yeah. times. Yeah. It's the uncertainty. <laughs> Guys, this is now the new normal. Yeah. Well, yeah. Even, in, even in the new normal, NXT is getting their ass kicked. Yeah. Like I said, war is over. Yeah. And I like both <laughs> oh, yeah. shows. I like both shows. But again, AEW, yeah. and it's weird to say it because a lot of people go to NXT and Ring of Honor and stuff like that to get away from the atmosphere of Raw and SmackDown. But nonetheless, Raw and SmackDown come off like larger than life shows. AEW feels more like a large show than NXT does. It feels like you're watching like an alternative Raw that's good in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it has the indie vibe to it and has the intimate atmosphere, but there's something about the booking and the style of it that makes it feel like it's a third big show. NXT, as good as they are, still have a developmental, smaller feeling to it. 
I never feel that way going into an AEW. It feels just as important as the as the biggest stuff. And it's because AEW went into this with the attitude of we are making our big flagship show. And NXT treated it like we're going up against an equal developmental. And that's sort of where the mistake started. Yeah. You know, one of these companies is treating this like a true one. Then I warn the other one isn't. And that trick that they were trying to do yeah. borrowing talent over, which we talked about that. We said that if this goes the way that it looks like we think it's going to go and they start getting their asses kicked, they could always. That's when I told you, Dustin, don't count them out. They can always just dig into their well of top talent from Raw and SmackDown and just incorporate those talents back over into NXT in hopes to try to take some of those ratings away. And look at the surprise here. Well, now we have Charlotte, Charlotte over there with the title. Becky just just released like a tweet or an Instagram or something where she talked about how she's going to be looking into NXT talent for her next challenge. They're literally doing what I said they do if they started to get their asses kicked, which who knows if it's going to work. Yeah, I was about to say at this point, I don't think it's going to work. You come across the same problem that the TNA made, uh, where even if you have more known talent, you do have a demographic that's tuning into your product for the other talent that's there. Now you kind of alienate that talent because because that was this mistake they made. They didn't think that people were tuning in for AJ Styles and Christopher Dennis and all these guys. They thought that they'd get more with Hogan and fucking Bishop and all the older guys and Sting even. No disrespect to him, but he took a lot of the fucking. He was the world champion almost all the time. Why Sting? Yeah, all that thing. Because here's one thing I see that knowing this company, they're going to fuck up. How many times are we going to have Raw and SmackDown guys just going over their NXT guys? Because that's what they're going to do. And that's what I'm saying. You make the same mistake with, with NXT, or they have the chance to make the same mistake if they discard the fact that there are people who are tuning in on Wednesdays, not for Charlotte, or not yeah. for Raw, or not for Becky to find a new challenger. They, but they genuinely are interested in the NXT talent that's there. And if with the limited time that they have, you put these guys there, it might have the reverse effect, and you wind up with a TNA. Where everyone goes, well, then I'm just going to go and watch the other shit that these people are on and fuck this company. And before you know exactly. it, you're having a reunion with Sawyer Filter main eventing your, your fucking NXT takeover. Like, I mean, let's be real. Who's, who's really, who's really tuning in on Wednesday to see Charlotte beat more people? Yeah. Whereas we can watch a fucking drone get the loudest pops of the whole fucking place. I mean, I'm tuning in on Wednesday to watch Charlotte beat more people, yeah. but I think I'm in the minority. And that's what they have yeah. to be worried about. That people aren't watching that to see Charlotte beat more people. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the crowd they yeah, need to be watching, the crowd they need to beat NXT even one week isn't there to see Charlotte just show up and just beat everybody. Right. If you have a crowd that's tuning in for Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, you're not going to win them over because Charlotte is looking for the next challenger in NXT. Exactly. You know how you because can win because them over then you're because then you're also going to sit there and think like, wait a minute, so what was all this Rhea Ripley stuff for then? You know how you can win them over though which is funny that they don't do it. If you look at the Bullet Club, which was the most, you have to say, since the NWO, since Stone Cold Steve Austin, since like The Rock, like the Bullet Club, Club is like this generation, the, the biggest act that we've had in forever. Oh, yeah. That stable was split exactly down the middle. The, they have half of the Bullet Club in WWE and don't do anything with those guys. You know, the elite or the other half, because you had the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, Adam Page, you know, and so on and so forth. But then you look at what these guys had. They have several leaders and founders. They have Finn Balor, who was the fucking founder of the Bullet Club. You have AJ Styles, who was the second leader. You have Adam Cole, who essentially became like the third guy. You have Carl Anderson, and who was there from day one with Balor. And Gallows. And they have yeah. all that Bullet Club envy. Those are the guys that you can push. You know what I mean? Like, those are the guys that you can probably put in the, that, that are going to draw that talent. 
that that they're not that talent, but those fans, because those are the people that they're still invested in. You know, it, but the it, problem is with with Gallows and Anderson, especially, is it already too late? Because we've seen what they've done with them in the past when they should have immediately already been ready for this. It's too late for the WWE universe because all of those guys are jobby. But to the people, again, we're trying to get the AEW people to switch over to NXT, or at least if they were trying to do it. The, the AEW people still look at Balor as who he actually is and Cole. And, and you know what? To be honest, Adam Cole and the rest of those guys in the Undisputed Era, they actually are still treated the way that they really were. They were the only ones who didn't get fucked yeah. in any way. So I can't even say that, that, that they look at them the way they are. They're still the same. But that's the point. If you take those guys and incorporate them all together, they all have common things. Uh, you could do something really cool there. And that's, that would be a draw. Like imagine if they all formed a stable now that they can do it in NXT. Not just the, not just the uh, undisputed era, but like the other, the actual Bullet Club guys that are there. I think that's something that will make people channel jump a little bit more. You know, yeah, but, the problem, of, but the problem is they don't think like we do. You know, Kevin Owens should have been dropped into that shit. He has a strong like him and him and uh, Adam Cole have been in many stables together. Like he's as close to Adam Cole as he is to like someone like fucking Sami Zayn. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Back when they had Jimmy Jacobs, instead of having him as a writer there, they should have put him. That's another one of of, of Steen's best friends. You know, they, they, they would have had an instant. If they would have put him and Steve Carino, we would have been had, had a fucking, uh, we had a new scum. Scum, exactly. We had a scum reunion with the three of those guys. You know, there's so many different combinations not- of things that they could do that would make people tune in that are, if they're going to use, if they're going to go in that direction, I'm not saying they should, but if they're going to go on the raw SmackDown, take guys, then take guys that are connected with the AEW guys. Yeah, but you know, it's not a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah, it's a really shitty marathon. Like- the sad part about it is, is I, I like I'm right there with you on every single one of those ideas. The problem is they won't do it because they don't see what we see. Because if they did, we wouldn't even be in this. This conversation almost wouldn't be happening in the first place. They see it enough that they offered all that money to try to get all of the elite guys to come over instead of making AEW. And they also see it enough that when AJ Styles comes out with, with Gallows and Anderson, the, the whole bottom graphic is saying the original, the only, the one we really wish we had, the one we're glad we have now in the club. <laughs> like, what is all that? Like, they fucking clearly want it. Yeah. But they don't know it, but they're too stupid to get to it. Because they won't listen to the people who buy their shitty merchandise who stand and sit in those stands and tolerate their three-hour botch fest every fucking week. Like, they could have easily had this. They know they want it. But the problem is, is giving it steers completely away from the other shit that's clearly clearly way more fucking important to them. And that sucks. Yeah. We we said before when AJ and Nakamura were fusing, there was no reason Nakamura could not have at least least won one match. But once again... They don't think like we do. They don't see what we see. They say it's the only club that matters because that's the closest they're ever going to get to that club because that's about as far as they can think with that club. The closest thing we're ever going to get to it now is the fact that Bow is back to being a heel. Like, I don't see it going much farther than that. And the problem with it is, at this point, I almost can't trust them to go farther than that. And that's the most puzzling thing out of everything that we talked about here. How is Balor, who's essentially responsible for creating all of this across like three or four brands now. How's he so far removed from it? You know what I mean? Like, isn't that weird? Like, really? So, they they definitely don't, I don't know what's happening with them, man. But but it's costing them. Again, we're in this era where you get fucked up. Even if they, even with them winning, they're losing in the rating. They lost the Wednesday Night Wars. I don't think Charlotte can save them. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. War is over. It doesn't matter who comes down there. NXT lost. War's over. And They're the might, B show now. 
And I'm going to say here, I'm going to remember, maybe we should timestamp in case I have to play my own drop, but it wouldn't surprise me if you hear next week or even the week after that that starts to piss people off when Charlotte and Becky start going out there and just fucking people up because they're not going to have them come out there and job out. So when Charlotte and Becky come down there with vendettas to just fuck people up, I don't think that, uh, that it, I think people are going to feel like they're, they're ruining what they had there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the push that they that, were giving that, that, those girls. That, that's why I was one of those people saying, I don't care how experienced she is. Charlotte should not have won that match because it does fuck all for NXT. But since they're taping everything at the See, performance center. No, go ahead. Like they could have done this in a smart way if they originally kept the belts on um, Bailey and Sasha and just did it with the tag teams. Cause that would have given them the excitement without the whole, Oh, we're not going to put people over. Yeah, they they could have done a lot of things with those two instead of putting them like to go into their own singles runs now. But um, I don't know exactly what their strategy is here, aside from having them go there and, and bury a lot of different people, which maybe they won't. Maybe don't. Maybe I'm being pessimistic and they will put people over. But if their strategy is to draw people over from the other brand, then they're they're probably not going to want to do that. Yeah, you know? and no, and the way they do it, they're gun- it's going to backfire in their face. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're taking advantage of the performance center because everything's taped there, no matter what, right? So they have access to who they have access to. Who's to say if that didn't play a factor into Charlotte? Where it's like, you know what, you could do an NXT run. It's not like you'd have to travel back to freaking Florida or anything. You're already here for all the shows, so because she's going to be doing both brands for the foreseeable future is what we're hearing. She's going to be going back and forth. Like she's not leaving the main roster. She's going to be on both shows now. Like that's already been confirmed. She's going to be on both shows, and she's going to do zero house shows. So, uh, oh, it wasn't there, though. So that's her schedule. So knowing that, it's not like they're removing her from anything, but it's like the performance center is right there, right? Like everything's at one place. No matter what, it's just, you're just going to the same ring. Yeah. She could drop it at any time and just go back to life as usual. It's like there's, no, there's really no harm in people. And that's probably, I, I, I have to at least assume that if it wasn't for the current situation, then maybe Becky would not be saying, I'm going to start taking people out in NXT, and maybe Charlotte would not have the title. They just saw an opportunity here for the title to be able to change hands, them do something unexpected. And it really feels a lot more unexpected than it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not like, because everyone would normally be asking, well, what's she going to have to do? Go to Raw and then fly all the way back? No, no one has to go anywhere for this. This could be a storyline that took place, for all we know, well, I guess with WWE, we know, and I didn't think about it. Before we know, they could do another set of tapings where uh, they fix all of that shit. It's really everything we saw was like one long show that they broke up throughout the week, right? Who's to say that in the next long show, they're not going to have at the end of it, uh, you know, Charlotte lose it back to Rhea, you know, or at some point when, when they get a better sense of when things are going to go back to normal, when they're going to be back on the road, they could just drop it back then, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I like think they it, might have adapted. Yeah, smart move. If that's mm. assuming that's what they did. <laughs> yeah, I don't assume. Yeah, Let's <laughs> not give them too much credibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no need to talk about SmackDown. We talked about it in the post show. The parts that were relevant to what we're doing here. We're not yeah. trying to deal with that. Um, the only other thing I would just give some of a WrestleMania before we talk Raw. I would give a WrestleMania recap. Things you might not have known, which I'm hearing according to Meltzer. Um, a lot of the WrestleMania matches were taped and edited and then redone. Like there was stuff where um, if, a, if if the matches um, like if they were done last week and they missed a spot, he would cut the match, stop it, and then either have them redo the spot or redo the whole match. 
Um, mm-hmm. Like he would literally go caught. That's insane. He would pull his arm. These have to be rumors. I need to hear from confirmation from someone. The scary thing is most things we talk about, we eventually do. But I, for now, right. I'll it with a grain of salt. Um, Ringside News got an exclusive where they were talking about how, um, yeah, they did confirm they had to stop a few matches um, during shooting. Um, for various reasons, in, in order to iron out bumps, um, certain botches, there was a big spot that was blown um, where they had to like restart it. And they didn't really specify what it was, but they really micromanaged this and did various reshoots of things. And it's funny that they did so many reshoots where they would make a wrestler. Can you imagine you botch a move and like, fuck it, do the whole match over again? And um, oh my God. In, in the meantime, when Stephanie did her opening promo, the trademark she was supposed to use was too big for just one night. And uh, instead, she said just too big for one night, which isn't the, the catchphrase that's on the shirts or anything. And a lot of people pointed out that if this was anybody else that did that, they would have told them that's not the catchphrase. It's too big for just one night, not just too big. But we're, we're, no one's corrected this even now, apparently. And the, 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 the word going around is that everyone's scared of Stephanie. Um, and she isn't the kind of woman that you can give notes to. So that was just allowed in there, even though it could have been corrected because there wasn't a person in the entire fucking company that wanted to go up to her and say, Hey, that's not the catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Then, uh, <sighs> there were network issues to top things off. I didn't experience any of these. I hardly ever do. Everything ran perfectly, but people are saying that, uh, there were network issues. Even some of you guys in the chat room mentioned that you're in Canada. Some of our guys like Emang and Willie were saying that the network cut off, that the feed was going out of sync. Um, it was constantly buffering. You might have had more traffic think, out there than here. I think the whole two nights I caught like one short buffer on night one and then I even shorter one on night two. But it didn't like ruin it in any way for me to where I really even notice. I noticed that the network seems to give streaming devices like fire sticks and xboxes more favor than like if you're just running it on like a browser because i've i rarely use the browser but when i have just gone on to see something it just feels like it hangs a little bit where it's kind of like when i'm using a device it's like there like instantly like cow you just go to whatever it's almost like the way netflix runs when you're using another thing you know um there were times that i would just leave the 24 7 channel on like the live stream and it would just run 12, 13 hours, not a buffer, not a stop. Like if I let, I'd go out and forget and leave it on or fall asleep with it on. And it just goes uh, when you're using a proper device. And that being said, Mania was the same way for me. Uh, Mania night one, I turned it on like about an hour earlier than the kickoff. And it ran straight through to the end without a single buffer. And when I came on here for the post shows, a lot of the time I just leave it running in the background. And there's like no issue. So again, it's not a global thing, whatever the issues are, but it did get some people hot. Uh, there were even further issues where people were being locked out of being able to watch WrestleMania 36. They were saying that, uh, when they tried to access it, it was saying unavailable at this time. They were telling people that their free trial was up. Uh, and I think that what happened, because it's happened to me a few times, is that people get signed out and don't realize it. So there's just a little FYI for you guys. If you get signed out of the WWE network, it's not like other sign outs where you're going to be presented with a login screen that you then have to go to and enter your information because that would be too fucking smart. Instead, you're still taken to the screen you would always be taken to with all of the little tiles of the things that you can select. But the ones that people pay nine ninety five for or whatever, nine ninety nine, they have little padlock icons on them. 
and you don't know why you have those padlocks because I remember when I logged in the other day. I logged in on the Xbox for the first time because uh, I normally just use the TV and everything had padlocks. And I was thinking, why, why are some things padlocked? And when I go to it, it says unavailable. When you go down to settings and account in there, no one's logged in. So it's kind of their fault why people think they're being locked out. When Sometimes when you get logged out or when they give you an update, it logs your account out. But if you're present, that's like if you went on Netflix and like you're able to see everything that you can click, even though you're not logged in as anyone. But then when you click it, it's like, nope, that's sort of what's happening. Yeah. So I think I that's what happened. I had the same thing last week as well. Yeah. I think that's just my theory because of the fact, the way it was worded that they, the people were saying they were locked out. I remember seeing that lock and thinking the same thing, but no, you're just logged out, not locked out. Just scroll down. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> but again, it's their fault. And, uh, more news was coming out in regards to the aftermath of WrestleMania as in regards to Sasha and Bailey. And we're hearing like the reason why everything we predicted as far as there being some friction between the two happening was uh because they want to redo it for SummerSlam with a slow build. And you know what? I say don't. It's it, <laughs> How much slower can the build get? It's been years. Oh, <laughs> Wait a minute. Repeat that again. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> a slow build. <laughs> slow after they've been teasing Sasha versus Bailey for going back God, years and years. Fucking make a wish build. No, Sasha's turned heel and face multiple times within the teasing. That's how long oh that they've been God. teasing at this. But the reason She's I say don't do it get into big star, big show stages. <laughs> she is. She is. Oh my God. The reason I say don't redo it is because uh, that's what people would expect. I'm tired of that kind of stuff. Like. All right, they're not going to do it at Mania. Then they then they're probably going to do it at SummerSlam. Then it makes it feel more fake than it already is. It's too forced. Do it somewhere else. Do it at a lesser event where I'm not expecting it. I'm expecting it at SummerSlam. They're already reporting it for SummerSlam, so don't do it that way. The Money in the Bank was for May 10th, uh, but they didn't mention the venue, like I said to you guys before. So that might be at the performance center. I know they're not going to, they're going to continue with the slow burn on Sasha Bailey since they probably want a crowd for, for whenever they're going to do that, which again, I don't think it should ever happen at this point. Um, I think it should be like new day. Just don't do it. We already had enough shit with them. Uh, but yeah, SummerSlam is also looking like it's in danger because they are going for September when our fans can start going to events in America. So. And I mean, that's like official, like this isn't just like people are looking at charts and shit. This is, this is a, from what I'm seeing here. What is the date of this? I want to make sure I don't give you guys false information. Yeah, this is after they spoke to Trump. So it's coming from Trump. They're basically saying that if anyone's going to go to any events, anyone's going to have any crowds, best case scenario, September. So they're not deciding that anymore. That's now official. So they need to figure out what the fuck they're going to do because September's a far ways away. I don't know if that means that they won't be able to do any more wrestling till September as well, but they definitely are not getting their crowds back until the summer's over. Not even that, but, you know, one of the reasons why they decided not to do the Battle Royal at WrestleMania was because of the number of people involved. So surely if you've got two ladder matches, which have, what, five, six people per match, you end up with a similar situation. Mm. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Same because, reason AEW pushed uh, blood and guts back. Yeah, because you can't have that. They have to cut down significantly on cameramen and staff and commentary in order to be able to fit six people there and a ref being seven. You only have three more people now. You put somebody at commentary. That's a lie. 
What? That's a lie because I spotted so many people at WrestleMania. Well, Melsa said the same shit about AEW Dynamite, uh, which they might be pushing the rules a little bit, but that seems to be coming to a halt because during the last set of tapings, the cops showed up at AEW Dynamite and they wanted to make sure that they had all of the proper permits and they wanted to make sure everyone was doing the social distancing six, six feet away from each other shit. And they also wanted to make sure that there were only 10 people there. Like they came and did a check. And that's the reason why even people like Penelope Ford and Kip Saban, who live together and are a couple who just, they just got engaged. If you look back at that, they were in the crowd. Everyone was six feet apart because you may have not seen it, but the fucking cops were already there and they were already on top of it. Like it's to the point where cops are actually going up to businesses and even people and just wanting to know what their, what their reason is for doing what they're doing. So they came there to check specifically and make sure everything was okay. So. Maybe they were doing things before. I suspect they were because you're not the first person who's mentioned on either brand seeing what looked like more than 10 people. But that also might be why not you're starting to see cops. Yeah. You know, so um, these are tough times. So get used to the. I'm already used to the no crowds, but you have several more months of it. Yeah. You have five more months min- minimum, and I, and I don't think it'll be five more months. I would be surprised if everything's back. That, that's like not realistic. If no one's gone back to normal yet, why would I believe that five months is the uh, is the curb? That doesn't mean it isn't. It could be. It could be tomorrow. We find we're all cured. You know, it'll be like the end of Advent Children, and and you know the fucking it rains the cure, and none of us have the geo stigma anymore. <laughs> well, if the book is anything to go by, then it should be very short lived. If what? The book. Have you not heard about the book? Apparently, the coronavirus was actually um, predicted in a, a book. I forget the author's name. But there's an excerpt that says that um, in the year of 2020, that uh, the world is going to be engulfed by um, a strange flu-like disease and that it will come in and go out just as quickly and then we'll get affected by like a second strain of it again in 10 years' time. I'll have to find the book and give you guys a link for it. It's, uh, it's an interesting read. Oh, kind of like, like what I was worried about. Well, that's terrifying. Thanks. No, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> kind of like exactly what I was saying the worst yeah. case scenario would be. Oh, that's fucking morbidly horrible. There's also been, I think it's Korean, but there's like a, a TV show on Netflix from like 2011 that talks exactly word for word what we're going through right now. And it says coronavirus. It says China. Well, Corona. So, yeah, it's this, isn't the, this isn't the first coronavirus. Like there was a coronavirus SARS back in 2003 when we went through that pandemic. That was considered the coronavirus also. So when you see, I know people have said that they're conspiracy theories because you see patents for Corona and things in the past talking about Corona. That terminology has been used because this isn't the first time we've had a coronavirus per se. SARS was one. Yeah, it's just the name of mm. the group of viruses. Right. Yeah, it's like and, strain of pneumonia, isn't it? I'm led yeah. to believe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, COVID nineteen is what you get. The virus is, is Corona. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> you're looking at September. Best case scenario. So that means SummerSlam. You can already start estimating that it might be off. I'm, I'm going to say, hold on. As far as that goes, you know what I mean. Like, like just kind of hang in there because we did see a decrease. At least I'm in New York, which is the worst place on the planet to be, and we did see a decrease slightly. Uh, in the last few days, which means that the rest of the world could probably be evening out as well. Uh, as I say that, I look yeah. at the news, I look for some news headlines, and uh, yeah. Hmm. I think China has had no new deaths since January for the first time. Yeah, it sounds... Um, hmm. 
Interesting. I'll get into it later on when I have more information. Kind of curious about certain things. It sounds to me like just from casually browsing headlines, like they're going to get really serious about the going out shit, which that's something that will affect a lot of the wrestling too. Like they're, like it sounds almost like we're right at the point. I want to freak him out. We're right at the point where you probably aren't going to a, like they'll have to do something where people aren't leaving as crazy as that sounds. And I mean, if you look at uh, the Philippines, the, the president of the Philippines, which I by no means am endorsing this attitude, but one of his conferences, he basically said, and I quote, shoot them dead. And he's talking about anyone who's outside during this. He's not going to have his cops. He's not going to have his cops question you. He's not going to have his cops uh, talk to you. In the Philippines, he's already told them, they're going to shoot you dead. There were people protesting this. And in, the, in this press conference that I watched and heard with my own ears, he said that if you protest, you're going to go to jail. And once you're in jail, how you get food, he's going to leave up to you. And I researched this guy a little bit, and he's known for that kind of shit. You know, like he's always been a harsh leader. You know, there's been there's been talk about bad, bad uh, feedback from people about the kind of guy that he is. But that being said, I don't think we're going to at that extreme. But we're definitely at the point where... uh. They don't want people in like public places and it affects, I mean, wrestling is very lucky. I don't know how they're getting away with this at this point when everyone else isn't. And I get that they're going through little loopholes and stuff, but the more I'm looking at stuff, the more and more those loopholes are, are starting to close, you know, where it's going to get to a point where it's going to be like, um, what, are, what the fuck are you guys doing? It's the way the city's going to start looking at it. Probably because it's classed as sports entertainment, which is, that's probably where the loophole is. Well, you know what? Movies are clashed with entertainment, entertainment, and uh, they had to shut down, you know? Mm. I mean, Big Brother's still going, as far as I'm aware. That's also yeah, but they're confined, right? They're like, they've been self-isolating for mm. four months or whatever. But you're telling me none of these guys have, have gone home? You're talking about the, the wrestlers? No, we're talking about Big Brother. Oh. Because that's like classed as entertainment, but that's still like on air, but as pre- said it's because it's confined maybe that's something that's still allowed to continue whereas wrestling is not i don't know what the what the the get out clause is but it's a bit strange that they've pulled everything except wrestling well and certain horse racing uh things i think they're just trying their luck i think they're trying their luck to see how far they can get basically so all i would say is in the next two weeks expect to see a lot of uh wrestlers doing you know like king of the ring tournaments online i want to see before i believe anything i want to see where we are when we all come back on here next monday because again the the pessimistic part is them saying september the optimistic part is me when i look through headlines uh this is like the third or fourth day and i look through all of them i don't pick any single news source it's like the third or fourth day that no one in the news has been emphasizing numbers and one thing i can tell you about the media is if there's bad news, they're going to accentuate it. And if there's good news, they're going to ignore it. If there were bad numbers to show, they wouldn't be able to wait to report how shitty the numbers are. That would be what they're all over. They'd be harping right now over how much worse the numbers are. And the reason I know this is because that's how it's been for the last month, if not last two months. I'm looking through current headlines from like the last 24 hours. And yeah, people are talking about the lockdowns and about the restrictions, but I don't see anyone in any of the news outlets emphasizing number growth, which again, that's their bread and butter. If anyone thinks that the news is objectively telling you the good and the bad, you're, you're, you're more, you're, you're a fucking idiot. 
because uh, they only care about telling you how bad shit is. That's why you don't see anything good. So again, just going by my own perception here, I don't see current anyone, CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, CNN. Um, I don't see any of them currently doing a number count. And that to me tells me that there's nothing to report. And that's when the saying comes in, no news is good news. because Otherwise, they'd be saying how much worse it is. Yep. So we might be hitting that curve where everyone's just freaking out and maybe things will be better by then. So this is the reason I'm saying uh, let's wait a week. I think we're going to know more by the time we all talk to each other next. I think we're all going to have a better idea, not only of where wrestling stands, but where the world stands. This Pretty is, much. you know, I think this next week will say a lot. And they even the, the city and, and the president and everyone has said that this next week is going to be the worst of this. So. We literally have one week to find out if they're 100% right or 100% wrong. Let's just be patient about it. You know what I mean? Because we're going to come on here and know for a fact next week if it was the worst week or if they've been full of shit and exaggerating. But, and I don't want to talk about it so much. We talk about it almost every week. I will say that uh, whether they were exaggerating and, and or not or whether it's serious in some places and not in others, whether it's a mix of all, uh, it doesn't change the undeniable damage that's been done to global economy. Hell yeah. And uh, the recovery is going to be a bigger problem, I think, than any of this shit that we're dealing with now. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a lot tougher than we realize. Oh, yeah. But WWE also is making people cease and desist. uh, Yeah, because apparently there was another company here. Let's see what the hell this is. Uh, There was freelance wrestling. They made a shirt through pro wrestling tees. And... uh, WWE gave them a cease and desist for this shirt. Let me see if I could bring this up here. Oh, God. Because they have a pay-per-view called In Our Warehouse, since they're a little indie company. Oh, my oh, God. God. Here we go. <laughs> so, uh, sort of as a joke, they made this shirt here. This is the logo of it. They got they went with pro wrestling oh. teams. <laughs> <laughs> Don't nobody in this generation even remember that pay-per-view. Y'all but, calm it down. So they said In Our Warehouse. I mean... It wasn't a pay-per-view. It was the name of every pay-per-view until they started naming them. Anytime a pay-per-view came on, it was WWF in your house. So there's a whole legion of these before we started getting individual names. So I could see that. the And they use the font, too, when you really look at it. And, uh, yeah. It is very samey-samey. Yeah. Yeah, they told them to put that shit down. Knock that shit out. And another reason was because WWE started to reuse this logo for this past WrestleMania, I believe. Let me see. Did they? Hey. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah, they did. You know me. Hey, look, we get it up here. That's bizarre. Fucking typical. Not. I want to show you guys. I can't. I can't find the damn in your house shirt, and I saw it before. <laughs> Let me see if I can get it here. I was about to say they season the squish. They see they season the season over black screen stuff. <laughs> That's okay. We are fucked. It must be a John Cena shirt. Yeah, can't, yeah because I can't see it, right? But why would they bring something like that back anyway? Because they they, 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 they they like bringing back old stuff that nobody from this generation remembers. Oh, yeah. That's their stick. Yeah, right? It really is. It's become their stick. Yeah. Don't talk about Goldberg like that. Believe me, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't talking about Goldberg at all. <laughs> what? Weird, so I could get a video to come up, but I can't get this damn shirt to show up? Even the fucking, even the Brunch of Tron does not want nostalgia again. It doesn't want to mm-hmm. show the shirt. 
And yes, we're calling that Brunchatron. I dare you to see us, motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, that is too good. I'll kick Marcarano in the throat. I swear to God, now. There'll be no more Total Divas, bitch. Don't play with me. Brunchatron 2020. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't push it, all right? Don't fuck <laughs> Because then we go get Jericho heat. That's serious heat. Yeah, but it's oh, basically yeah, it's basically the WrestleMania logo within your house with the in your house logo. Like it's a combination of the current WrestleMania logo with an in your house logo on it. As weird as that is, that just sounds really strange. Because remember, you have to stay in your house for this WrestleMania. Yes, I wasn't there. Yeah, hashtag I wasn't there. You were in your house. You see, you know that in away. Your fucking house. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, there was also a shirt called Corona Mania. Did you guys see that one? <laughs> what? No. What no you, way. What? I gotta Stop get these. Me. I gotta get these shirts to. I don't know for some reason it's almost like the show itself doesn't want us to uh to get these damn things to work. But yeah, there was a Corona Mania shirt, man. Stop lying to me. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to get it to come out on the screen. What the fuck? Oh my god, Corona Mania. Hell it wasn't no. theirs, FYI. It wasn't their shirt, so don't start. I would hope fucking not, isn't it? No, nah, it wasn't their shirt. I promise you that. Because at that point, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> 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 but we ain't shit, right? Oh, okay. Corona Mania. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Straight <laughs> <laughs> up. See, I'm trying my hardest here. It was a mystery. It, was, it tried to to cock block us on these shirts. Get a remix of fucking Motorhead song. Coronavirus is a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it's a virus that no one sees. Oh my! I almost started to say, "Catch that shit that burns with your pee," but that's different. Huh? <laughs> God help us if that's a side effect. <laughs> <laughs> Kill me now! <laughs> oh, it's too much, but yeah, I, I'll try to get it up in a little while because I don't want to hold the show too late. But just to try to describe it to you, because I know a lot of you are listening on iTunes. Uh, so it's the uh, it's the WrestleMania, the the logo you just saw with that red that red pirate shit, but it just says Corona instead of Wrestle, and the flag is a roll of toilet paper. That's fucking amazing! Oh my god, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. Oh, my God. Corona mania. Too much infection for one day. Yeah, right. Ooh. We don't filter on this bitch. All right. No fucking. We were doing this shit long before <laughs> WWE started tonight. All right. <laughs> Ain't been no filters on this shit since day one. It's so weird that uh, I, I literally something stopped me from putting them on the screen. <laughs> I, I swear to you, I'm not trolling anybody here. Yeah, man, this new, this new brunch of Tron got some kinks at y'all. This one, though. Don't worry. There about it, it is. It's okay. It's Look, I got it. Something. There we go. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Wow. I want that shirt. <laughs> I don't care how much heat I want. I want that shirt. That is fucked. <laughs> it's like I like and hate it at the same time. It's funny because it's true. Fucking Jordan Miles gonna eat a dick. I'm gonna wear that shirt. All right, you fucking. <laughs> it's so fucking horrible. It's, it's great. It's so bad because like I I I I appreciate the effort so much, but. Damn. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> it's so upsetting. Damn. Oh my god. I'm telling you, it's a fucking mist ending all over again. Like, oh, that sucks, but it's awesome. 
let me see if I can show you the yeah. in your house one that they've done now that we got a little bit more of a grasp on how to make these appear. Oh, you're going to hear mist and be like, doesn't she show up on Wednesday and Sunday? Yeah, different mist. All right, calm, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I can't wait to see this other one because I don't remember this other one. Like, no, they didn't show it. They didn't, they didn't oh, reveal it. They didn't reveal it. That's why you didn't see it. Yeah, that one's not coming up, so I'll show you later on. I'll put it on the social media. I don't know what the hell it is with the way they have these set up, but they don't appear. But yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys about what was happening with their shirt situation. Even even amidst the crisis, they have time to cease and desist the little guy, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now, yeah, yeah, that's more shit to be concerned about. Like, and and now WWE presents in your house and desist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta slightly alter the name, fucking. You gotta give you, you, you gotta give it a UK feel, fucking WWE presents in your flat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> WWE presents in your TP. Brought to you by Snickers. Mm-hmm. But we can't leave it all sad and all and all end of the world. So I want to just talk to you guys about the fact that the ice cream sandwiches are coming back. <laughs> yeah, they'll be sold out now. We'll be able to get them. Maybe. Yeah, it's gonna be like the Satchewan sauce from fucking Rick and Morty, right? Everybody's gonna be killing each other over ice cream. You can get your. Overly depressing lawn of sandwiches brought you to a store near you. By the time you open it, those shit's already melted. Aww. I've always wanted to lick Roman Reigns' face. I bet you fucking have. <laughs> 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 yeah, get one of them good ones in there too, right, Rock? That the only time you can lick someone's face without there being consequences. <laughs> She's not wrong. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know about that in this era. There might be fucking consequences. <laughs> you know, lick the only time you be able to lick long without a lawsuit. Lick at your own. Well, not Sammy Guevara did it a couple of weeks ago with uh, Brandy Rose. <laughs> oh, you only tongue down. The plate. Oh God! Like I said, lick at your own risk. That's the disclaimer. <laughs> your own risk. Should I write it down? Oh uh, yeah, you should write that down and also write down in your house and desist. Yeah, fuck it. There we go. Yeah. It's a good thing because we only had two tiles to work with, so we just... yeah. Now we got four. Sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And uh, just an FYI, because I know we were talking about this before the Montez Ford spot. Remember where he did that dive and uh, Austin Austin Theory didn't catch him. Yeah. What What apparently happened was uh, Ford was supposed to hit the ropes and Seth was supposed to grab his leg and trip him, and uh. Apparently, Seth was a little bit late, but he wasn't considered that late, according to sources. He was able to get a hold of Montez's foot, uh, but Montez might have thought that Seth wasn't going to make it to trip him, and he thought that he was just too far away to be able to do that spot. So he just said, well, these guys are out there. Fuck it. I'll just keep running and do a dive. They, they'll they'll understand what's going on. And uh, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they were wondering Austin why Theory this, did not know what was going on. Yeah, Austin Theory was like, "Why is this guy flying at me? Am I supposed to catch him?" And he didn't. So, see, in my, see, my case, when I, I see him clear the ropes, I'm getting in position. And then he <laughs> fell because when, when then he fell because he figured maybe I was supposed to bump for him there. I don't know. He was a little bit confused. Like I would have dove to catch that motherfucker because he hit that ground so hard. I thought somebody got shot. That sound. <laughs> oh. That motherfucker said, "Pow!" And I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I remember. It reminded me of the um, it reminded me of the the take a dive spot. Do you know when the camera guy was? Yeah, supposed when, to catch when, him? when 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 no no when uh, the yeah, the camera guy was supposed to catch him and then fucking 
Oh god! Yeah, the camera guy was supposed to catch him, and then, then he didn't, and then he got fired. But I seen I seen Taker do that spot a few times, you know. Yeah, I guess that camera didn't catch him good enough for some reason. Yeah, so it's like I'm. I don't know. They, maybe Taker shouldn't be diving anymore. I think is the is the under. Oh, he hasn't. Oh, he hasn't dived in years. I yeah. think 27 might have been the last time I think he dived. Hmm. Yeah. Now Roman does it. <laughs> yeah. Not only you could get him to dive is if you throw him. <laughs> they should have done that. Had Brock Lesnar throw him off camera, and then use smart editing. That last, the final time we ever see the Undertaker dive. Jesus Christ! Fucking air dead man. <laughs> all right well a couple more things we're gonna wrap up here we're almost done are we early are we late i don't even know let me take a look at the oh, we're, we're earlier yeah. than we usually are we're way early because we're, we're close to the end here sweet so, we're right on schedule uh one last look over everything to see what the notable things are that people would hate me if we didn't discuss here uh seriously see, see. um yeah apparently john cena had a um he had a promo on SmackDown about Bray Wyatt where he called him Husky Harris and they edited the promo from everywhere. They were, I guess they were self-conscious about this promo. Like, we don't know he was Husky fucking Harris. Like, and they let it, they let it happen at Mania. So maybe they just didn't, they, maybe they were saving it. Like they just wanted to get the better effect at Mania. Good me. See, if they're doing with that, where they want the Husky Harris thing to come out at Mania, I get it. But only one, one source has the, uh, has the promo. I'm trying to look here to make sure that we have it crossing my fingers. We do. Yeah, sack here. Yeah, because they took it off of all of this stuff. I wonder why. ...to the WWE ring in Boston, Massachusetts, and accepted The Fiend's WrestleMania challenge. And now we're on the eve of two nights of WrestleMania. And at this point, you can't really escape the mind games of The Fiend. So how are you going in uh, to his challenge and escaping the mind games? Yeah, this really isn't an escape room. Um not paying it uh, too much attention. I don't know if you heard what I said on SmackDown a few weeks ago. Uh, I know The Fiend operates off of fear, but I also know that The Fiend is Bray Wyatt, is Husky Harris, is a guy in a mask. I'm not afraid of The Fiend, and I'm not afraid to say that I'm not afraid of The Fiend. The Fiend's been able to manipulate his way through the WWE universe and establish a presence by getting people to panic. And panic equals fear, and fear equals our collapse. Uh, I think if there's one guy that can face the fiend who has faced the fiend and Bray Wyatt and stood up to all of his tactics and psychological manipulation, it's been me. WrestleMania is going to, it's like I told the audience, I've been in a lot of situations in WrestleMania where they anticipate a big back and forth brawl that is going to, a tale that is epic in the annals of history. Bray's, Bray's going to get his, I'm, uh, I'm in no mood to play around and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm kind of fed up with situation people who think they are entitled to get chance after chance after succeed. I'm sick of hearing a certain group of W stars walk around and say, I deserve this or I just and maybe Bray's the first name on that list. I don't know. Like I said, I was going to sit back and let the future play its course. The right person issued the right challenge at the right. And I don't feel bad about saying what's going to happen. I firmly believe it's got to be this way. I trust in my own ability. Um, I've been on the WrestleMania stage before. I know this is a bit of a, a different WrestleMania, but if there's anyone prepared for a challenge like this, it's certainly. Uh, well, yeah, it wasn't that bad. What the hell's their problem? Yeah, they, they they have the, these imaginary like problems that just show up, and it's like, oh, we're gonna ruin WrestleMania. And I'm like, no, no, 
you 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 leaving in the Husky Harris thing did not take away the pop I got when I saw NWO Cena. Believe me. Yeah, same here. Oh yes. Ryback recently chimed in on. Oh, uh, God. I like Ryback. I mean, what's new? He he chimed mm. in on the uh, on the revival, on their whole contract situation, and I didn't realize it, but I guess Ryback did some slick shit to uh to get out of having like a few loopholes that were happening in his contract where he uh he sort of took advantage of the of the idea of being injured and the way that they they uh the way they deal with when people are injured was what really he was able to take advantage of. Here we go. The revival, um, they apparently went through their downside. I guess the way the payment structure works with the downside, they had went through it like a couple of months ago. So now they're not getting paid at all while they're sitting at home. And uh, uh, gosh, uh, Dawson's contract is up this month uh, in a few weeks, whereas Wilder is not up for another few months until June. So if they're going to be used as a team, Dawson's going to have to sit on the sidelines until Wilder is free to go. So basically that's a long period of time to not be get, you know, not get paid. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of money they made. They weren't up there forever. But I mean, they, they were you. They probably made a little bit of money, but that money—it's it, nowhere near what people think um, for a lot of the talent. And even though it was more supposedly than in previous years, that's—I I don't know. That's very—it's very possible they they hit their downside. And if they did, WWE would one hundred percent pull their pay. I know when I went home, I can again tell you from firsthand experience that when I walked out of WWE, my contract—I walked out in May. My contract wasn't up until August. They, and I already knew my game plan because I knew I could fall on injury pay. Um, at the time, though, I hadn't got, got any work done. I just walked out. And they tried to suspend my pay like two weeks later. And they said, we're, we're not going to pay you if you're sitting at home. And I said, fuck you, I'm hurt. And I had a ruptured eardrum and a nose that I never got fixed. I could never breathe out of. So I made them fix my ear and nose. And then I got put on injury pay right away. And, they, um, and I got paid. I, I stayed on the injured list. I didn't get cleared until the day my contract expired, which is then I went and released them publicly because they were trying to, they wanted me to get cleared so they could announce that they released me, even though my contract had ran up. So I released them and I didn't get clear after I put that video out. Then I was on my way to go get cleared. I got, I did that video on the way to get cleared, got cleared and then let them know. And then they, I beat them to the punch where they're not going to put that out. Carano messaged me, thanking me for everything. And it that was what it was, but like that's, they will, they were going to not pay me until my, and I hadn't hit my downside yet on that. But those guys, if you hit your downside, you're not getting paid. So, so how does the downside work? You have the choice to get it all earlier. It's not, it's not split. But yeah, you see, you got to kind of slink out of that fucking company. Just a further vacation. <laughs> you know, they don't let you go. They're more for life than the NWO. <laughs> What I don't get is why have you got two people on a tag team and they both have different end dates? Because they didn't think that far. They um, they, they they just want to try to spite them. It seems like if if you get injured, a lot of the time they'll freeze your contract. So like let's say one guy was off for a couple of weeks for a shoulder or something. Now his partner is going to have more time on his contract, even if they don't use both of them. One contract's frozen and the other one isn't. That's how Jeff's still here and Matt's not. So, yeah. Yeah, they can be dicks. I know. It seems like they only started using this whole, oh, this injured time thing once AEW started showing up, because I'd never heard about this thing before then. Yeah, no, I, they used it before with Mysterio. 
it, but that was still like within the uh it was around the time that the, that the competition started getting really thick we might have been like at the genesis of aew and also i was going to save it till next week but um next week i might still play the drop of it but i i did hear uh brody lee talking about how somehow when he was leaving his contract his 90-day clause would have been over on one of the wednesday dynamite tapings but when he finally got his release somehow they calculated it that he owed 94 days and he felt like that was just like the one last little fuck you out the door to make sure that that wednesday he wouldn't be there until the following wednesday you know so um yeah, they definitely have become more stern about that shit now that there's competition around. You call it stern, I call it petty. It, it's shit. I call it shit. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like he's leaving. What the fuck is four days, do? He's still going to the A show. So. Oh, we'll keep him away from the top dog for four more days. Yeah. All right. Well, AEW's pay-per-view numbers came in, and they did really, really good. They did around 105,000 pay-per-view buys which is considered a lot for the current market. And it doesn't even count the fact that they had uh, Bleacher Report numbers as well and Fight TV numbers. And we don't know how much they made there. So AEW is very successful in the pay-per-view business. And since we're talking about WWE uh, doing things because of them, that might be one of the reasons why there was an emphasis this year during WrestleMania on ordering the pay-per-view, where every other year they would say, why pay $60 when for $9.99, blah, 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 blah. Well, this year, if you notice, every time they talked about ordering the pay-per-view house available on Fight TV, they didn't mention their own network going into WrestleMania, even though the pay-per-view is available there. Every time they spoke about it, what did they say? They said to order the pay-per-view, buy the pay-per-view, because they're trying to make that pay-per-view money again. And remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys that uh, George Barrios and uh, Michelle Wilson, the whole reason why they released the two of them apparently is because they were the reason why there was no longer a six-month lock-in contract when you ordered the WWE network, whereas Vince was very adamant about having it, where if you if you order the network, you're locked into a contract. That way you don't get people who just order it when they want the pay-per-view and then cancel it. You get those people who just order it for WrestleMania. And now that they're in a situation that they really need the numbers, that's exactly what started happening. And you top that in with the fact that they hadn't secured a pay-per-view deal with any outside sources, Vince must have just been like, well, these guys don't know what they're doing. <laughs> So I can't disagree. It's kind of interesting to have a business model like that and not lock people into the contract, which really people should have had no problem with. I told you guys before, the moment that the WWE network was available, like before I like seconds within it being there, even with the crashing, I made my account and I took the six month or whatever and they got rid of it. They completely abolished it and made it where you could just get it whenever the hell you want, which which sort of hurts them. So you can't tell people for years and years to pay nine ninety nine. And then at the last minute when you need money, be like, hey, go on Fight TV and order for $60. What would make them do that? Exactly. You keep drilling shit into people's heads over and over again. Sometimes you say the same shit 20 times a show because you think fans forget. Well, hopefully this is a rude awakening to your wallets that they very much fucking remember what you say. And they're paying and $9.99. And at this point, you're barely worth a $9.99. <laughs> and that's another thing we're hearing because next next year, and that might be why they're doing this with ESPN, where they're having these pay-per-views, they're showing old WrestleMania so that ESPN can get a taste of those ratings, which it couldn't have come at a better time. Because like we reported earlier, the ratings were great for those past WrestleManias they're putting on ESPN because there's nothing else on fucking television. But the numbers don't lie, like they say in the Royal Rumble. And uh, when they look at that, when executives and people look at WWE's numbers on ESPN, they're going to say, well, we want their pay-per-view. Look at how much they did. So this was a brilliant move on their part. Next year, you're not getting any fucking WrestleMania on the WWE Network, people. Like, that's what they're planting the seeds for. 
you're going to yeah, be paying you $60. And you better hope yeah. that they're not going to take off the big four, which I'm saying in here first, they're going to take off the big four. You're going to still get your backlashes and your, uh, I don't know what other kind of shit to do, your extreme rules, but you're not going to get, yeah, you're not going to get Survivor Series. You're not going to get SummerSlam. You're not going to get Mania. You're not going to get the Rumble. I I felt for a while that they were going to take the big four quarterlies. And now what does AEW have? They do big four pay-per-views. Yeah. Their whole pay-per-view schedule is big four. And this is the reason why they're coming out with a tiered network. The tiered network's not going to be for nine ninety nine you get this and then for, for eighteen ninety nine you get a lot more. It'll probably be something more like for nine ninety nine you get this and for eighteen ninety nine you get a few extra indie programs plus what will be a sixty dollar pay per view will now only cost you thirty nine ninety nine. Get the pay per views on discount. And they said there's gonna be some shop zone shit put in there, probably free shipping like Amazon Prime does. If you're an Amazon Prime member, everything's free shipping. You know, I use it. It's fantastic. You can you can want toothpaste and you don't have to think about normally when people make an order because of shipping, they'll try to compile a bunch of things. And it's like you could just click on toothpaste and have to bring that shit to you, (laughs) you know, without shipping. It's great. That being said, they're probably going to do something like that with ShopZone. It doesn't quite make sense because didn't they lose tons of subscribers when NXT game came off and went onto Fox? So in reality, what are you paying the $9.99 for? Well, NXT was it's delayed by 24 hours, which I also don't agree with. It's delayed by 24 hours, and then you have and they to, chop it up a little bit, and they do chop it up a little bit because when there's, there's wrestling that happens with the picture in picture, just like on the other shows, and I've noticed that uh, and I've I've criticized them for this before. Whenever the picture in picture shows up, you don't get those parts. Whereas with AEW, if you're watching it on the Fight TV app you do get those parts and they're not in picture in picture on their version. You're just getting the full thing where other people are. And it's cool because you can hear JR and everyone and no one's acting like it's not a commercial break. You hear them sometimes resetting. You see them sometimes cleaning the apron. You see the fucking leaf blowers getting the garbage out of the way. Cody sometimes is messing around with the fans and they're plugging shirts and stuff. You know, there's a little bit of ad libbing and things that make it feel more real. And that's the reason why AEW was able to survive during this because they already have that mentality and attitude. I love, and I said on here before, I love, Love the fact that when you watch the fight tv version they go to commercial no one acts like it's weird it's a commercial it's actually happening we're not gonna kayfabe it you know whether wrestling's going on this time that someone jericho did promos where we go to commercial and it would cut and if you didn't have the fight tv version you can see him but you can't really hear him they don't try to time it where uh things are purposely frozen or people on rest holds even though that makes you lose some it makes it feel more organic and that's also a smart way to make people not go to the other channel on a Wednesday Night Wars because something's always happening, even in the little box. They leave like no window of opportunity, literally unturned. Exactly. So, uh, I mean, when it comes to like AEW's, the fact that they're doing so well on pay-per-view, it was like what I said before, when it came to we wondered how they could charge for a pay-per-view is because they're going to make sure you get everybody your money's worth. When it comes to the big four, WWE, if they're going to charge $40 for, let's say, the big four, at this point, they need to deliver $50 worth of pay-per-view because they're pushing it at this point with what they're giving us now. Yeah, definitely. It's it's weird that they're even going to try to go back to that model, but I could see yeah. the reason they're going to do it. And again, like what Pre was touching on here with the NXT, it's not gone, but it's a day late, and I don't like missing the commercial breaks. And I, I shouldn't have to wait 24 hours as a network subscriber. I haven't watched NXT on the WWE network since i mean on 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 usa since it's been on there because i watch AEW live and then i go find a place to download nxt 
And I'm saying it. I fucking find a place to download it. You know why? Because I'm paying yeah. nine ninety nine from the beginning of fucking time. I want to watch the whole match, even the part with the commercials. I'm trying to review this shit on a show. I prefer to not to be a big fucking gap for no reason. And if exactly. AEW, a little upstart company, can do it on their little shitty fight TV, no disrespect for their little shitty fight TV service, where somehow it's not even the window with the commercial. I just get the full thing for two clean hours. Even if they're doing nothing, they're not subconscious about it. Why can't WWE give me the same thing? I like the fact that they're not subconscious. And just like UFC does when nothing's going on, they've also been perfectly comfortable giving you 10 minutes or, or rather five minutes of just the ring being in the dark. Yeah. You know, they're going at their own rhythm and it actually works better than when you're, when you're running around like a, like a freaking rooster, which is what it's becoming over there. You know, you don't know if you're going to get something during the commercial break. Sometimes it's just been the AEW logo. Until it comes <laughs> yeah. back, you know, but you the just point had a being, shot of the stage. But the point being, there's something there, and that, and and when there is wrestling, I don't miss it. NXT's legit cutting wrestling, you know. So it's either you watch it on USA, or you get the shitty cut up network version, and also SmackDown has a deal with Hulu, and that 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 works. That's the only thing that works good. Raw's cut up as well, so eh, they deserve AEW deserves their pay per views. That's the reason why these numbers are so good. And 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 now yeah. WWE wants to deserve these pay per views too, but they don't deserve them by selling them. That's not what AEW did. AEW could charge sixty sixty five dollars because you know at the end of the day they're gonna give you down to the penny what you paid for. They always treat like everything's important, so there's no reason yeah. why wouldn't we want to buy a pay per view where everything on the Wednesday was good. But it's like if the like if the Wednesday is this good, you mean to tell me they're gonna step it up? Mm-hmm. But at a time like this, with these trying times where money's tight and resources are low, what better time to give Michael Cole a fucking promotion, huh? <laughs> because that's what's happened. Michael Cole is promoted. He is. What is he really? considered now? Yeah. He is. Uh, what's this role? He's got Tripp's old role, isn't he? <laughs> no. <laughs> Vice president of announcing, whatever that means. And I've heard Jim Cornette say the titles don't mean anything in their world. That they just that it just means they shuffle a bunch of bullshit around. Why do you need a VP of announcing? <laughs> because it's a summer. I don't fucking know. Sounds like tax evasion to me. Damn, Broccoli got technical with that shit. <laughs> wow. No, sometimes they sh- sometimes they just shuffle around. Next, you're gonna have VP of catering at this rate. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Damn. I- <laughs> Can you imagine that? You'd be in charge. You'd be fired if their catering ever sucks. No, I mean, you've got to pick up all the extra food for the food fights they keep having on SmackDown. Oh, my God. Yeah, the really dis- disturbing, sad food fights that they have on SmackDown. All I'm saying, years later, I still want to know who the fuck threw that cake of Kevin, uh, Kevin Owens. Look at Continuity. this. I'm glad you guys brought this up. That's what the catering looks like now. This was the catering. <laughs> during the... I, I, hey, listen, man, it's a pandemic. You you make with what you oh got. Oh, my God. You know that. You know what the bad part about it is? I don't know if I want to say it or not, but you know exactly what I'm thinking when I see that, Rick. Go ahead, say it. Some, 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 somebody, did Randy's taxes not hit yet? You you went where I was going to go. I was I legit was going to say that looks like <laughs> that looks like Keith's last uh, WrestleMania spread. If you guys were around during that, there was someone. Uh, I'll talk about it here. I'm not going to mention names or anything. I was a bit of a troll. That but, guy. Uh, but there was someone who uh we we knew who was a bit of a of a, of a dickish person and they uh, shit. yeah and they and they put uh what was it 
this was like three or four WrestleManias ago. Oh, they put a screenshot fuck. of like what they were having with WrestleMania. And what was it? It was like a cheap bag of like corn chips. It, it, it looked like he made like three gas station runs. But it, it looked like it was at, at a gas station that was half a 99 cent store. I don't remember exactly <laughs> what the things were. I, I don't remember what they were, but they used to hate on Talk Brunch all the time. So we went and we took that screenshot and we memed words over it. Um, and this was WrestleMania day. And I made the top say, uh, when that tax return hasn't come in time. And then the bottom said, but, but wrestling is life. <laughs> and, uh, there were, a, there were a few wrestling groups that we were associated with that removed us so fucking fast because they, 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 cause they liked this person. They, they were cool with this person. And they, I guess he felt ultimately troll. And the sad part is people who had no idea that it was like a person we knew that just liked the meme legit started commenting and going, this is awesome. I'm going to share this. I'm going to use this. And it was like they didn't realize it was like oh, like tied to a so personal bad. thing. But yeah, I thought like Dustin. As soon as I saw this table, I I the the words flashed in my mind when that tax return <laughs> hasn't come in time. But wrestling I'm gonna tell you is something life. right now. That was what four years ago, somewhere around that. I haven't thought about that picture until I saw that. The morning of of WrestleMania, Saturday morning, Facebook did that thing where it's like this is a memory from years ago. Oh. And it was that I almost hit share. I wasn't going to try to reheat the brand again, but I was like, it once again came up. You shared this four years ago. And I was like, oh my God, I'll hit share. And I know Dustin will pop for it, but I'm going to be good. <laughs> you me, you bastard. <laughs> it was so funny when, when that tax return, I remember it was cheap corn chips. It was like, he had like a can of tuna or something. Yeah, it was like a cheap <laughs> gas station tuna. Like, it was like a, a 99 cents Arizona. And we could find this. Somebody scrolls it, my it, timeline. It, it looked like there was like a Mountain Dew or a Sprite in there somewhere. If somebody like, scrolls my timeline or my images, actually. It's right it's there. there somewhere. You know? like, it's not like I took it down. But I remember we got heat. We got nuclear heat for that shit. We got go away heat. And look at us now. Yeah, we got go to hell X-Pot heat. X-Pot heat. Yeah, that's what exactly what it was. Oh, it was X-Pot heat. Said spam was on there, too. <laughs> Was, I, I felt like spam was on there it was right it was like spam corn chips there was a fucking there, there was a, a 99 cents arizona it definitely wasn't something you would take a picture of there's nothing wrong with having these foods but it's just that's not something you would take a picture of like normally when people are instagramming or taking pictures it's like look at this meal i made or look at this food i ordered for wrestlemania it's like dude that's like a fucking it, it was just a bag of chips that's unopened like anybody can just reach into their counter and cabinets and just compile that shit on the counter it, it, and it, snap it, it a looks photo like if you just it looks like if you just ran through a fucking aisle in a grocery store and just blindly grabbed everything. That's like if I took a and picture just, of my uh, of my desk right now next to my uh next to the, the 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 PC and sent it to you guys and you see a coffee, a diet coke, and a Poland spring water and I'm like I'm in for this raw. You know, oh, like, guys, guys, just imagine what this guy's like pandemic diet is if that's what he's doing on a good day. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Like, oh my God. He's a motherfucker that bought all the toilet roll. Who's ready for WrestleMania? You know? I had a discount. Who's ready for bargain bin mania? (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag struggle mania. Too much struggle for one night. You know what it is? I just didn't want to be that guy again. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, I'm not going to be that guy. Like, I was a jerk. I kind of felt bad. 
And I think that's why you are the host and I'm the co-host, because you know me. I'll be that guy. But you know what? The influence of, of you guys, Squires, all of you are so nice that, like, I think I've over time softened up. I'm a much nicer person. Like, I feel bad. Like, I looked at it and felt kind of bad. That's why I didn't shake. I was like, damn, I just tax returned his fucking WrestleMania spread. Like, he took that. <laughs> you could tell by the way the picture was taken that it was, like, planned to look good. Like, he arranged that shit to have, like, a certain vibe to it. You know, it wasn't just like a casual snap. And that's just like, I guess, the kind of thing that happens, you know? So, so I try to behave. I'm going to, I'm going to segue for a minute, but I'm going to tell you a story you're going to be glad to hear. And when, when you understand why, you're going to get it. Oh, no. So, uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory here. Years ago, right? And I'm talking years and years ago. Let me see if I can get an exact date for you. Back in, oh, this was like at the end of 2017. Apparently, I was part of a gaming group or something, some sort of a gaming social media thing. And uh, somebody put up a GoFundMe wanting someone to buy them an Xbox. They were like, if somebody wants to buy me an Xbox with this GoFundMe, it would be greatly appreciated. And I think I must have commented LOL or something like that. Maybe I thought it was a joke. Maybe I didn't think it was a joke. I'm, I'm not sure. But the person PM'd me. I guess they felt offended. And they finally need to directly PM me and say, what makes you think my post is a joke? And I said, it read as someone begging for an Xbox, <laughs> you know? And I was like, not what GoFundMe is for. And he was like, no, but did you read the amount that I had saved up with me being like the only one paying bills and having to take care of three other adults? So I had to spend money and, and I had like an entire, I, I still owe 150. That's why, that's why any help would be appreciated. So I said, it's inappropriate. You, you shouldn't be taking care of three other adults. That's, that's the problem. They should be taking care of themselves. You know, keep in mind, I'm thinking if you, if you really are in that condition, should you be asking for an Xbox? Like that's not a priority. The next three, $400 you get, you're going to throw out an Xbox. I found it kind of careless. I don't know if you guys agree with me, mm. but uh, I just thought it was a careless use of money. But he was like, yeah, I know, but shit happens, LOL. So again, this is, this is back in uh, October 2017, right? I kid you okay. not, Friday, I get a PM, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, the only, reason, the only reason I'm able to tell you this story is because when I got the bitch, text i had to scroll up i'm like who the fuck is this and i've read I, I just read you my conversation with him i don't remember this person asking about the gofundme i don't remember him personally pming me and me saying any of that stuff but it must have fucking happened because when i scroll up there it is there's a conversation where i tell him well you shouldn't be using a gofundme but it's just it stuck with him you know that's the kind of heel that i'm trying not to be anymore it stood with this <laughs> poor fucking guy for so long dude I was I was sitting here with Stasis and my other friend and we were gaming. We were on Bless Unleashed. By the way, get it. We're part of that talk brunch club on there. You could join us. I was playing that and I stopped. I put my controller down and they're looking at me and I'm trying. I'm doing this because I had to stop and look at this and figure this shit out because it's I swear to you, it's one word. It just says bitch. <laughs> I think years he finally got later, his years later i actually <laughs> asked him I, asked, I told him i said holy shit three years later i take it you never got the funding for that xbox or you or you'd be messing me on there <laughs> yeah. but uh <laughs> three years later bitch um. Like, no, bro. Three years later, the spark is gone. <laughs> I felt so bad that I caused that level. I get it now. Like, remember that? And we're not going to mention the name, but remember recently somebody went on social media and we found out from a share of a share of a share. Someone from years past went on social media when they were drunk New Year's 
And in their drunken slur, amongst everything else, they went, fuck talk brunch. And it was like literally not even in the context of what they were saying. I'll, I'll share with you guys later. But they were just talking about different things. And then somewhere I was like, ah, fuck talk brunch. And, and, the only reason, and the only reason I know is because Squire sent it to me. He was like, did you see this and this? And I'm like, no, no, I'm not in that group anymore. We got kicked for the fucking uh, wrestling is life thing and he was like oh well let me let me share the video to you and uh this was recently this was like a, about maybe three four like weeks ago. no actually no it had to be about four months now damn it feels like it was early because it was obviously it was it was a new year's eve thing and he's wearing his little new year's hat he has one of those party hats on he's clearly oh toasted face all fucking red and he's like fuck talk brunch and we played it over <laughs> and over again that's great he sent me that video and when i tell you i have not watched something so many times in a row Hoping it's gonna stop be fun, stop being funny eventually. It never fucking did. Sometimes you put it in the Jackbox answers, and no one knows why you why that's there except us. Yeah. So some of you, some of y'all like Roxy. You better figure out an old secret real quick. First of all, full disclosure, anybody who's new around here, I remember shit. All right. Oh, <laughs> if you have fucked up, I remember you. But I just feel bad that at my worst, that's the kind of heat I was generating. You know, it's just like, holy shit, this guy said bitch years later. So then I told him, I said, you know, I said, I take you didn't get your Xbox. And he was like, no, it was just hard during those times and things. And I told him, I was like, dude, I got to be honest. Like, none of this, even reading it, it doesn't ring the slightest bell. I believe you, though, because obviously here it is in my PMs. And I'm sorry, dude, I was definitely more of a dick back then. And he turned out to be cool. We talked a little bit. He plays Modern Warfare. I told him, I'll make it up to you sometime. You know, come come look us up on the uh, on the Xbox Club on Xbox and we'll do something for him. You know, I don't know. Maybe we'll do. I have no fucking idea what we'll do. I'm not used to being nice, but I felt really oh terrible. So really fucking. I was like, holy shit. This all all I'm saying is <laughs> if it's something on air, I'm going to work that into the bit. So just warn him ahead of time. How far do you have to scroll? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in his in his messenger. Because, I mean, my message in a few days, I've already lost things, like, into the abyss of, 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 of at the bottom. How far would you have to scroll to go back years just to go, bitch? <laughs> That's burnt into his, into his brain. There's no... He, he'll find the message. Yeah, he'll find that message. That is nuts. Oh. And that's the reason why I'm more careful on here now. I'm scared. <laughs> See, me, I'm not. Because some of y'all... So some people out there on this thing, I'll cut your ass deep, right? I've seen Carlito's way, man. I don't want to get Benny Blanco'd from the Bronx. You know? like, that's the way it would be. Hey, motherfucker, remember what you said about Roman in 2014? <laughs> <laughs> ooh-ah, motherfucker. Yeah, ooh-ah. Believe that. Yeah. And he just walked up singing the song. Diddy, diddy. I'm, I'm fucking on the ground, bleeding out like Dante in the alternate ending of Clerks. <laughs> Glad you didn't go in that direction, Kevin Smith. Glad you didn't. Yeah, I'd have been fucked up, man. All right, well, yeah. Michael Cole. Can you believe that I started with Michael Cole? I forgot. <laughs> Mitchell Cole. The coal miner. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, no. Congratulations on your promotion, motherfucker. And, uh, yeah, also congratulations on catering over here, which already, apparently, someone needs to get a demotion. What do they got there? They got the they got the Keith spread, right? I won't say his last name, but they got the Keith spread. I, yeah, I, I see. Oh, was it was it fucking Low Shack or something like that? I don't know. Fucking, I got excited uh, about the Pringles. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, I, say, I see Pringles. I see Cheetos. There's nothing there that wouldn't take me out, huh? Yeah. Oh, you. He wouldn't have to oh, even put me down. into. He wouldn't even have to put me through the table. He could just put me at the table. I'm surprised <laughs> you're still here looking at it. I put it there like that. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel sick. Right? Like, there's nothing that it wouldn't take me out at this point. That, that it, are you? Are you sure he's selling the last man standing match or the food? Yeah, he looks like he I'm ate some of it. We, right? we, we might have a screenshot. I'm just saying. Stacey said, "Why does he look like his stomach?" Yeah, he looks like he ate some of it. <laughs> 
Fucking them Cheetos ain't sitting too well. Shit. I'm just saying, it's not like we ain't never seen Randy snack on food mid-match. So that time he ate the hot dog when 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 yeah. Ambrose when Ambrose attacked him with the hot dog stand and <laughs> yeah. knocked him down and he was covered in the shit. And then that and the bottom of left of the screen while Ambrose is selling, Orton sneaks a fucking hot dog. <laughs> like I'll we can't see it, but we saw you. I'll never forget how he looked eating <laughs> that fucking hot dog off the floor, man. To this day, I've told myself, I ever beat Radio in your portions, I'm bringing that story up. I don't give a fuck what happens. I just want to see the look on his face when he knows oh, I knew. Oh my God. I almost passed out from laughing. It was like, did this motherfucker <laughs> eat a hot dog off the floor? How comfortable are you on live television? Even if the cameras, if you thought the camera, when there are people who could see that you ate a live, he doesn't give a shit about the live people. That's what I've learned. Think about times like where he, uh, where he was laying down and like he would ask the people, like he's still selling the injury and he was asking like the people right in the front row if it's over, like if the show's ended. And then as soon as it did, he just sprung up and walked to the back. Oh, like yeah. he didn't care about any of that. What about the time he was in the ring with Seamus? Remember? And then, and then, uh, he asked Seamus right in the middle of live row, what are my lions? <laughs> directly, directly. Yes. Yeah, he must have been on something. I felt like giving him the uh, the uh, the freaking Cat Williams Ninja. Do you know that I could see you? <laughs> it's it on your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that is crazy. He's too comfortable. Too comfortable. But yeah, there he is with the snacks. I'd like to oh hope God. that they just set that up for the spot and that that's not really what catering is like. But you can't really have open food right now, right? Not just out and about oh. like that. <sighs> All right. Well, that's it for news. We're going to wrap up with Raw, which there's not much, so there's going to be a short wrap-up. Yeah. You know, as much detail as we went into with everything else, as little as we're going to go into with Raw here. Uh, All I'm saying is L- Lana is inheriting the black now. So Lana Lana wants to smoke? Yeah. Bitch got burnt. Mm, too sexy. All right. So how do we open up here? Let me take a quick look. I'm doing multiple things at once. I'm getting a drop ready, so excuse that. Oscar Oscar uh, against Liv Morgan. With the finish being Liv Liv tapping to Oscar's lock. However, sorry, didn't mean to do that. I was looking for the Nia Jax stuff. I just ruined it. Spoil it. Spoil it. (laughs) Yeah, I want to see what the job was. But anyway, Liv Liv taps to the Oscar lock. But this wasn't just a match. Like I said in the chat, they're trying Liv Morgan. It's clear now. After seeing a few things, they want to see if she works. You know, and I can't blame them for that. Because, uh, you know, like I said before, it's not about how good you are in the ring. It's about how you look physically, unfortunately, at least in Vince's eyes. He doesn't care what you know in the ring. He feels like he could teach that to the person who he thinks looks better. And in his eyes, mm-hmm. we know that lives more his type. And for a while, it feels like they've been playing with pushing her, but the timing's been off. And now we're starting to see it because she was beating up Oscar. That doesn't happen very often. All right. So, uh. I don't think that's a bad idea, but they're just trying to decide. I'm not saying they're going to push her, but you can tell when they're testing someone and they're testing to see if she's going to be there. Angel Garza and Austin Theory have a rematch against the Street Profits with the finish being that the match gets thrown out because uh, Selena winds up grabbing Montez Ford's leg on the top turnbuckle. And then uh, they once again wind up jumping him. And then once again, Bianca Belair comes out and she slams the shit out of freaking uh, Selena Vega. And uh, I kind of like her promo there where she's like, Selena, you really think you're doing something? Like that was like a that was pretty harsh. And uh she decides that she's gonna face Selena, but that's very short lived because Theory decides to fuck with Bianca, which causes Ford to beat him up and the match gets thrown out and the faces wind up clearing the ring. Teddy Long would have jerked off to this because now it gets rebooted again. Six man with Bianca Belair uh having the highest spot of the entire thing, I feel, with the glam slam when she glam slams her into the turnbuckle and then hits her with the KOD. Yeah, I told you she would go down that match. <laughs> Murder that poor girl. 
Yeah. I wonder who's her fucking replacement because Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. They showed like a little backstage thing where Lashley walks off frustrated about Lana. And I was just like, uh, I guess finally he's had enough. And he, she she says to uh, Kayla Braxton, what do you do to my husband? Like she's blaming everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm liking the role. She's really tan now, right? She's almost the same color as Rusev. Right. Uh, Alistair Black against Apollo Crews with the finish being the black mask. But this was four commercial breaks. Four commercial breaks. Right. They four. went in for 30 minutes. Yeah, that was good. They actually let him have a match, probably because they're shorthanded more than yeah. it would be. But, you know, this this looked good. We got to see freaking uh, Apollo Crews be the UHA nation that we used to know and evolve that had such a promising future that we put on such great matches instead of this guy. So uh, I thought it was really cool. I liked Alistair Black's uh, jumping at Crews into that knee bar. Like, that's a very interesting way to apply that submission. You know, he's yeah, that's kinda, like that's like a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu level way of freaking roll into that right exactly he likes because you don't see it coming at all yeah that's what i mean about Aster black he doesn't need to come out of a coffin or in that shit like just cool shit like that the fact that he can someone who's all about roundhouse kicks can jump and catch somebody out of the air into that leg scissors you know like yeah, said, at one was, point he even went for uh, the dark ritual that dragon sleeper that he has he even went for that which he hasn't done in a while mm-hmm. yeah like i said this guy he, he's good and i'm like i'm glad that apollo cruz was able to to continue to do his thing um, they sort of reduced him to his to the high spots that he used to have in the Indies, like I guess the standing moonsault and shooting stars and all that other shit, uh, rather than letting him just have the kind of matches that we know he could, because he's definitely one of those guys that I could see being like an AEW guy where you get one of those wild matches with a lot of reversals, transitions, and roll-throughs and kip-ups and shit, you know? And instead, it's like he doesn't do any of that here, you know? And it, it, it's, yeah. it's really sad because I remember when I first saw him in Evolve, the reason why I saw him was because uh, Roderick Strong took the Bad Styles Clash. You all know the Bad Styles Clash when they don't talk about oh, yeah. that. Roderick Strong took one of the worst ones ever. AJ Styles and Fortin Ring of Honor. And for some reason, Roderick, instead of tucking his head, he, he uh, well, he did tuck his head instead of leaning back. And he got that pile driver Styles Clash and he broke his neck. He fucked himself up really badly. He was supposed to be in an Evolve pay-per-view and couldn't make it. And uh, UHA Nation, a.k.a. Apollo Crews, now was the stand-in. And I remember seeing him in that match and just going, wow. WWE is definitely taking this guy like in a few days. Like there's no question. It's everything that they look for. And again, fucked it up. But because of the circumstances, he did get to have a way more formidable match than they give him. Normally his matches are a minute and a half, not half an hour. <laughs> right. So even if he's losing to someone they're pushing, they still use them. Maybe, maybe looking at this will be something that they needed to understand that they got a guy there that could work that they just don't use, you know? Exactly. Uh, what was after this? We had, uh, oh, right. We had Ricochet and Cedric against Oni Larkin and Danny Birch with Ricochet going over Oni Larkin with the recoil. Good match. Lots of high spots. Seen this before. Which, that, this route. which that was a dead, which I don't know why they started calling that. Like, I was a detonation kick and I fucking recoil. Yeah. Like, how you just switch shit up like that? Like, no. They change their minds all the time, you know, about everything. Crazy. You know about yeah, next thing you know, next thing you know, next week you're going to switch names and act like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Owens talks about life after Rollins, how he wants to move on to bigger and better things, putting that chapter behind him, closing that feud off, which I'm glad because I had enough of it. And he's going to keep fighting and that this is the Kevin Owens show and he kind of walks off. So going to have to see where they're going with him, what his next feud is going to be. I'm glad when they finally know that something's done, you know, like enough already. You made your point. I mean, the man jumped off the WrestleMania sign. Like you don't go past that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. 
That's the blow off. That's what we call the blow off, folks. Done. <laughs> yeah. Rollins goes over some jobber, didn't look, didn't care to look. Killed um, him. He died. I didn't even look. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look. I actually stepped away. I went into the kitchen. And that actually leads me to why I was queuing up the Nia Jax thing. I stepped away, right? Because I saw Rollins fighting a jobber. <laughs> You're going to have to help me. This is legit. This is a shoot here. I stepped away because Rollins was fighting a jobber. When I came back, the girlfriend had like a pad and paper of stuff that happened. And it was like, so Nia Jax returned and fought this person and this and that happened. And she won and left. And it was like, what? Just now? Yeah. So yeah. was it was it short or was I long? What the fuck? Oh, happened? oh yeah. She she. Oh, it was a squash. It. <laughs> Blinking, you missed it. I I I no shit. I missed it. <laughs> I fucking legit. I legit missed it. It was like Nia Jax came back, and I'm the only thing that was actually notable about this. And by the time I came back, I would have never known she was in the ring. The interesting thing about it is, is she did not use a Samoan drop, Samoan drop, or a leg drop this time. Let me see. Can we bring this up? That's what I was trying to get before while I was starting everything up. Yeah. Let me see. I'm going to look for it. You guys can, can tell me about it, though. Yeah. Try Tell me what you saw yeah. with this. Um. Yeah. She basically killed her off, but she did it with uh, a new finisher this time, actually, because she got permission. I guess Twitter, uh, according to her Twitter, she got permission from her to use it. She used uh, Paige's old Rampage. Really? Yeah, and Paige even said on Twitter she basically let her, she basically gave her permission to use the move. Hmm. Which, which, for the love of God, somebody that big with a DDT, that's scary. Wow. It's a, it's a fucking kill shot at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's something else. I don't, like, I can't believe her return. It's like, of, of all places, they should have done something else. Yeah, and like, there was no, like, this, like, right before it happened was the first time we'd uh, heard about it. That they advertised bizarre. it on the commercial, right before the commercial break, like, hey, guess what? Naya's coming back. And it's like, well, huh? I'm expecting to see next week, and that just said up next, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I mean, I guess they got to take what they have there. You know, she was ready for a big uh, comeback, and now she's gonna get it. She looked good. Did she look? I remember last time I saw her, she it looked like she lost some weight. Yeah, you can see, like, if you look, you can see that she's lost some. Yeah, she looked a lot better. Yeah, I did not see that coming. It was like that was that fast when I left this. Neither did anybody else till the commercial break. Yeah, no, I was completely shocked when you when you guys told me. I was just like, wait a minute. Like, unbelievable. But uh hopefully she looks better than Tamina. Tamina's somebody who uh Believe it, that's not looks, hard too. Remember she said oh <laughs> Squires said she looks like an old man? <laughs> <laughs> looks like Superfly. No, that was, that was um, He said she looked like Superfly with a wig. Yeah, yeah. No, that was Squires. Yeah. That, that's a Squires that's, comment. That's a Squires was that? Uh, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah, she super, said she was like 67. Yeah. <laughs> she's like 67. Squires said 67 years old. Yeah, right now, Nia Jax is imposing her will on the honor. I told you about that. Get off the head. Oh, and Nia Jax with a short arm clothesline. Uh, oh. You think Nia was anxious to get back in the ring? <laughs> Absolutely. But think about how much things have changed, Byron, since Nia Jax was regularly competing. Damn. Becky Lynch has been Raw Women's Champion for over a year. Shayna Baszler clearly not going to forget about Lynch. A Raw superstar, Charlotte Flair, is the NXT Women's Champion. Wow, treat her like a, like a local jobber, huh? Bring Nia Jax. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm localized. They localized her ass. Because Nia Jax is a game changer. And don't forget Bianca Belair. I'm going to make this your zip code, bitch. 
<laughs> oh, Samoan drop. That's always to one bitch. She has a better Samoan drop than the Rock. Right. Maybe have oh my god, hers, hers oh, looks like it sucks. So but I mean, they, everyone has a better one than him. Damn, yeah. Treat her like a jobber. Oh, and the DDT by That is Nia how we treat Jax. people who are not able to get rid of that ass. Nia Jax, dominant in her return to Raw. Here's your winner, Nia Jax. Nia Jax picking up right where she That's left. That's rough. Wow. Oh, yeah, she... <laughs> All right. That's, that's, that's she, gave, she gave, no she gave so her one. Of, she gave her one of those. What is your name, ass whoopers? Yeah, your buddy that you're always telling me about, Killer Cross, got into some shit on social media. Did you see that? I didn't. And Nia Jax stepped in. I thought that was interesting because then you say he's part of WWE now. I mean, yeah, they've been t- a lot of people have been talking about the fact that some of these glitches we're seeing on like either there or NXT the signs he's coming. Wow. Damn. Basically, what happened was uh. Who was his partner? Because somebody somebody said something here. Oh, somebody Scarlet, bro. yeah, Scarlet, right? Somebody asked uh, a fan asked on Twitter why Liv Morgan was trying to look like Scarlet, and uh, he responded, "Going great question." Oh. And then Jax responded and said, "You better take a fucking seat real quick, dude." Shit. And she's kind of right. Like you, you you're yeah. just you just got to WWE. You pulled the Leo Rush. Like, are you, you fucking crazy? Relax. Are you crazy? If it wasn't for Destin, I wouldn't know who the fuck Killer Cross is. I don't watch TNA now. <laughs> you know? If it wasn't for Austin Aries, I wouldn't know who he was. That is not, you should not be saying shit like that, especially like that is crazy. I love the fact that she responded like, you better take a fucking seat real quick, dude. And then he deleted the tweet. He took that advice. <laughs> hmm. All right, what else happened in this? That was probably the most interesting thing after Nia Jax. Yeah, that um, fucking ass whooping, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anything significant after this. Nothing like, really. Humberto Carrillo went against that that uh that guy, Doug, the one I called Doug. Yeah, yeah, fucking Doug. The not TM61 guy, you know, yeah. Humberto goes over here. The mighty that kneels. Yeah, we get Drew McIntyre versus Big Show in a pointless WWE title match. Yeah, because this people, is what the shocking event that happened after WrestleMania went off the air. And certain people in the chat were freaking out at the possibility that they would do a stupid move and, and uh, give the title to Big Show. And I said in the chat room, it's funny how people are freaking out when right at the end of the post show last night, we played a video of uh, McIntyre backstage posing with the title and having the plates change. He would have had to make it backstage with the title for that to happen, right? Yeah, see, but the thing about it is the way they played it the way they basically said they talk about yeah just 20 minutes ago i be, became champion so he came out after he got the plates what because when he fans? came out because we came out the belt wrong the plates but, I mean, what, the plates were on the belt but, but what did he come out to talk mm-hmm. to the fans why would he be coming out there there's no one there nobody knows you see how stupid that is like they didn't even know how to write differently when there's no crowd they can't say he came out there to readdress the crowd first of all the crowd wouldn't even be around 20 minutes later why the fuck would he win at wrestlemania and walk back out there into nothing and that's exactly why i was terrified because <laughs> I was like, these motherfuckers had him win this belt, get plates on, just to hand it to the big show. <laughs> Someone should take all the ink out of their pens and pens and papers for that kind of shit, you know? Because like it's ridiculous. Like that's writing right there. Like yeah, after WrestleMania, which was late at night, Drew McIntyre decided to walk back into the ring, and everything was still set up. They didn't immediately start taking all the shit apart as fast as humanly possible. Like if there's a bomb under the ring, like when I'm at Raw or at pay-per-views that I've seen them do. That the moment that shit goes off the Indie logo, everybody's scrambling as fast as they can 
you know, they it was just still all set up. You know, just so weird. No man, they spent all their creativity on the uh, Firehouse Funhouse, and 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 that was not even their creativity. That was all Bray. Yeah, oh, yeah. they get none of that credit. But between the two, they've exhausted themselves for the weekend. I don't know how because they easily like, didn't have a part in any of that shit. That's how it works. Even if he would have met Big Show getting into his car in the parking lot, Big Show could have challenged him and they'd be able to walk right into the venue, no problem. No one ask any yeah, questions. Yeah, because it's like, why all, does all Big the lights Show and cameras, get the challenge? All the lights and cameras will still be set up in the apron. It's just, yeah, that's the best one This is here forever. Because they're promoting his Netflix show. <laughs> they just promote the show. They're then involved. You fuck with a main event. Like, they've, been, they've been promoting his show for like three weeks. They don't know how to promote anything. Yeah, I'm supposed to believe this is the Mecca. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Mecca dump. Y'all motherfuckers are only the B show because Lucha Underground isn't around anymore. Mm-hmm. No. Y'all bitches are the B show. Y'all lost the war. It's over. Raw Smack, I went in on the same night and they lost. Yep. Well, that is it. I'm so happy that it is no longer Monday officially. The moment that I turn off this uh, broadcast, that is it. Whatever you see coming on this screen, which you might see other things coming on the screen in this chat room, odds are it's not going to be wrestling related. <laughs> of that, I can assure you. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up here? And... I'm good. No. All right. Fantastic. Uh, that being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out for us this entire night. EB Gamer, aka E Man, Stasis Dreams, Six Slayer, Cool Ice, Willie V2, George Z, Automated Ruby, Saku Hasu, The Vampire Queen. <laughs> Remedia Path 749, BC Flyer, Midwest Coasting, EST 19XX, IJH, T1000, Tony Solis 66, Grindworks BMX, and of course, all you listening on demand from iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, various other platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 377, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself, Destin, Roxy, and Pre, we are out of here. And for the full record, I still got some gas station tuning if anybody wants any. Bye-bye. You want the two, though? Shut it down.